found yourself at the junction where worlds meet. Politics. Civility? How about honesty in this country, folks? Entertainment. I don't like entertainment. And a whole bunch of other stuff. It's about having a healthy body image. You have a very unhealthy body. You should have a horrible body image. Not a big home improvement market in Detroit. <laughs> we are definitely going to get letters. You're listening to Talk Radio's Strangest Animal. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. So glad to be with you. I am your host, Stephen Crowder. Louder with Crowder, as every week, producing with me in the new fabulous studio is uh, Gay Jared. You can follow him at Not Gay Jared because he protests too much. I am. I'm not gay. There it's also we go. A good reason. Legal obligations fulfilled. Glad to be with you this week. You know, it's it's funny. It's been a, a weird week as far as what's going on in the news, and then. This is we kind of notice this with a news cycle, and that's the issue with daily programs. Is if there is nothing going on, you sort of have to make it up. If you're just talking about news, and and we don't really just talk about news. We have interesting guests. We have people who are you know from all different walks of life. Obviously, news is the backbone. It's the lifeblood. It is news that feeds you, Jared. It is news that clothes you, and provides you sustenance. But. Uh, this week, the big story is Kim Davis. This, uh, this clerk, I shot the clerk in uh, Kentucky. You know what's weird about Kentucky right off the bat? You think of it as this really sort of deep south state, but when you look at geographically, it's not really. You know, I've, I've been there a number of times. You know what like the number one destination for dates there is? Cracker Barrel. No, Walmart. <laughs> Walmart. Lots of couples go on hot dates at Walmart. I love Walmart, though. There's nothing wrong There's with nothing Walmart. Walmart. It's they got Subway now, so you get kind of eat your food. Well, Cracker Barrel's really big there. The problem though is that it closes at nine. It's true. But nine Walmart, o'clock. you got Subway, you got dinner, you got some shopping, you got maybe some Olin Mills time. I don't know. Don't. There you go. The entire see, you get the whole thing. Of course, we love Wham and Cone and our our syndicate, uh, our stations and our home station Wham. But people listen to this online, and now every single person in Kentucky is just hitting the off button because Gay Jared decided to bash Kentucky. I'll take it. So Kim Davis in Kentucky refused to issue marriage licenses. Okay, this is an issue that I think we need to talk about because people have really overly simplified this uh, to a degree that's that's really disconcerting to the issue, both on the right and on the left. So she's a clerk, so she's elected, and she said, I'm not going to issue same-sex marriage license. This violates my conscience. By the way, she's a Democrat. She's consistently been a pretty liberal Democrat, for those who don't know. And yes, apparently it seems that she's had several failed marriages, so the left makes it seem as though you cannot have an opinion on marriage if you haven't had a 100% successful marriage, which is, of course, untrue. So she refuses to issue same-sex marriage licenses. But here's the, here's the kicker. She refused to issue any marriage licenses after the Supreme Court ruling. She said, you know what? I'm just not going to be involved with it. I don't want to issue any marriage licenses. Well, now she's been put in contempt of court. Jail, basically. Hauled out in cuffs. This little, well, not little woman, but, you know, not, a, not an intimidating woman. We'll put it that way. She's not a, she's not a small gal. You know, she's a big girl. She can handle herself. She's a very big girl. And she is the victim of this 
the public Gestapo who are calling for her head. Here's the issue. Everyone's getting really mad and they're quick to dismiss anyone like, you know, for example, Carly Fiorina. Uh, she came out and said, listen, it is your job as a civil servant to provide uh, to, to work for the government, to uphold the law. And if your religious freedom is that important to you, you should probably go work somewhere where that's actually valued. Now, I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't think she's entirely right there. I don't think it's unreasonable because the issue here is it's not a private business. This is not the same as forcing a church to issue same-sex marriage licenses, which would be And that happens in other countries. It happens in Canada. It happens in Denmark. So that is an issue. It's not the same as forcing a business to bake a cake for a gay uh, wedding, to be involved with a gay wedding. It's not the same. If you sign on the dotted line, if you are voted in by the people and you sign on the dotted line to serve the United States government or your state government, and the law is that you now have to issue these marriage licenses for better or worse, whether you agree with it or not, and no matter how horrendous the law is, that is a part of your job's purview. That's what's different here. Now, so I understand that point. She's working for the government, okay? Not a private business. So it's important for conservatives to not just go out and you've seen a meme on Facebook and you say, well, you know, we have to, this is religious freedom. Well, no, hold on a second. It's a little bit different. You have to uphold the law of the land. A Muslim couldn't come in, work for the government and say, well, I'm not going to uh, perform the, I, I'm going to issue marriage licenses to multiple people because I believe in polygamy. You can't do that either, right? We have to be consistent. Here is an issue, though. The law changed since she's taken office. They changed the game on her. When she signed on for this job, she was never going to have to issue same-sex marriage licenses. So that is a noticeable shift. And, I, I, you know, listen, I'm not a lawyer, okay? I'm not a lawyer, but it seems to me she would have a case there. When I was uh, brought into office, this wasn't the case. I had no idea this was going to be the case, that I was going to be forced to do this. So it violates my conscience. And, of course, there are ways that this could be handled, and it doesn't have to be a national story. People who work with her or who are her superiors or, honestly, people who work – you could probably find other people who would fill that role and, and serve some marriage licenses, and you could find her some other place to work. You could put her in the back room somewhere, uh, make her a glorified stock boy. I don't know. Could be completely speaking out of my rear. I have no idea with that one. But it, it is an issue that requires a little bit more thought than, oh, it's the same as it's not the same as a Christian bakery situation. It is not the same as the pizzeria situation. As conservatives, it's important that we're consistent. Otherwise, you dilute it when you're 100% spot on. Now, Someone like, for for example, you know, a, a Carly Fiorina. People have talked about it because she's been on the program. Firstly, she's not necessarily my candidate. I like her. I could vote for her in good conscience, but I'm certainly not in the pocket for, for Fiorina. There, I could vote for nearly anybody in the primaries right now with a clear conscience outside of possibly Trump, Bush, maybe Christie. I'd, I'd have a problem. Um We'll talk about Trump in a little bit, and I'll tell you why, where I have some issues with that as a conservative that I just think we can no longer uh, rectify. So someone like Fiorina comes out, and this is a big problem this week. People are all up in arms. She's a rhino. She's not a, she's not a conservative. She's a rhino because she said that that woman shouldn't be able to. No, she didn't say the woman shouldn't be able to exercise her religious freedom. She has also been on the side like Rand Paul, like Ted Cruz, 
of saying that the Supreme Court decision was judicial activism, that it was an act of tyranny. She's also said that, okay? She's been consistent there. She's been consistent in it being left to the states uh, on how they want to define marriage and that she believes it's a man and a woman. And what she said here, and I agree with, is if your religious freedom is valuable to you, you probably shouldn't work for a government that doesn't value religious freedom right now. She was really using it as a springboard to dig the government. And I agree. The government doesn't really value religious freedom a whole lot. And we're in a situation, this is unprecedented for sure. It's it's uncharted territory because we never had the issue of, of, (laughs) here's the crazy thing about the gay marriage issue. Well, you want to go macro and people talk about it, right? And they want to tell you you need to be tolerant. Um, No, they also throw the interracial issue out, right? Well, what about interracial marriage? Okay. Interracial marriage has existed since the beginning of time. All right. I'm a huge fan. Okay. The most beautiful kids often come from those, you know, those swirls. You get the white, you get the black, you get the white, you get the yellow. You know, it's like you go, you, you, you get the best of both worlds. Or sometimes, unfortunately, maybe you don't get the best of both worlds. Like, you know, you have like an, an Asian and you just get the short part, but you don't get the beautiful looks and you just look like a really short blonde. Some, I've had a kid who was like, oh, my dad's, my dad's Asian. I'm like, really? You just look like a weird German kid. So that's sad. But as races keep mixing, you create beautiful people. I have no problem with it. And no society has had a serious problem with it outside of, you know, the Robert Byrd-led KKK. So that's been around for a long time. That's why there are more Native Americans than ever before. People say they were slaughtered. Well, actually, there are more people who are 115th Cherokee or Apache than have ever existed. You know, you have Johnny Depp, I think. I don't know what's Charlize Theron. There's a whole list of celebrities who take, you know, check that on their box, probably for college admission. And that's because we, we intermingled with them. We didn't just conquer them. We liked the Native American women. So don't let that myth be, be used in an argument against you. But no society ever before now, today, has recognized same-sex marriage, including the super gay ones. Like the Greeks. People go, what about the Greeks? About the-? Yeah, they were, they were super gay. They loved the gay stuff. Did a lot of weird stuff, the Greeks. They also never considered it a marriage. Really gay. Little boys. Yeah. I'm not praising it. Horrendously inappropriate. But even they, well, no, I mean, we we need marriage for, marriage is important for society. It's going to be a man and a woman. And I was going to have little Copernicus, little, little, little Icarus. Kid Icarus is going to be on the side. Kid Icarus is going to fly too close to the sun on wings of me. So that's important to know. So this is uncharted territory, and it has been a contract with society for a long time that, listen, marriage is between a man and a woman. Sometimes there's been polygamy, absolutely, but the, the, the same-sex thing, no. So, so, so we, we're going to have these cases come up now, especially when you have a government forcing people to recognize it, because people inherently haven't. And I'm not talking about your personal opinion. Maybe you want to, that's fine. But collectively, as a society, we haven't. And, and people in their own natural condition don't recognize it the same way. So in dealing with that, these situations arise and, and you have to take them, I hate to say it on a case-by-case basis, but when it comes to the government, it is different from private business. We need to delineate. We'll be back to talk about Norm MacDonald. Some Christian quotes might surprise you this week. Lighter with Crowder. 
Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. to be back looking at your tweets by the way you can tweet me at s crowder of course lotter with crowder.com is where we have the extended interviews uh, oh i should have said alfonso rachel coming on today wonderful guy and uh we'll have donald trump later on i should have mentioned that that's kind of a big get uh, i think jared is looking for you're looking for that uh, norm mcdonald clip yeah should have in just a second okay well we'll get you on with the norm mcdonald clip soon getting the tweets people saying if kim davis can be imprisoned by four four Sorry, the number four on Twitter, not marrying two men precedent equals one court case for ministers being in prison for the same reason. You've been listening to the show for a long time. I've talked about this for years, for years, when you declare marriage a, a human right. For years. And that's what I warn against. Marriage is not a human right because then churches are in violation of human rights. Just like a diner can't say you can't eat here because you're black. A church can't marry two guys. And they can be shut down like you've seen in Canada, like you've seen with Pastor Stephen Boisson was a famous case in Canada where he was actually banned from free speech. I've talked about this for years. Absolutely. And it's horrendous. I've been talking about it before any of you tweeting me have been talking about it. Go to lotterwithcrowder.com, search. You'll, you'll see it for years, years and years and years. This isn't that. This isn't that. This is a government employee. Here's the issue. Here's my issue with conservatives being a little inconsistent here. And of course, liberals are always inconsistent, but conservatives are being a little bit inconsistent here. Here's how. You can't. Jerry, do we have that clip? Is that OK? Well, we'll run that in a, in a minute here. Um, you can't believe in law and order. You can't get mad at people who aren't respecting the cops and say respect the uniform, respect. Conservatives are, are people who should believe in law and order, right? If you work for the government, you either have to respect or uphold that law, leave or revolt, all of which are appropriate options. Now, I'm not saying armed revolt, but I do think there should be uh, protests and that's fine. But let's not act like this is the same as a government forcing a private business to do something. And if you think I'm wrong, tweet me at S. Crowder. Um, I, I, I do think this could have been handled better. And I do think in this case, there should be some kind of an exception because she took office before this tyrannical law uh, came into place. Now she's being forced to practice uh, something that she never thought she would have to. So that's like signing on a dotted line, getting a contract, and then they switch it on you. Everyone's been in business with people like that, right? They switch a contract or they tell, they tell you they're going to pay you. And then you sign on a dotted line or you start working with them and then they never pay you. You can't do that. That's, there, there could be a case to be made there. But don't compare it to the pizzeria. Don't compare it to the bakery. Uh, here we have someone said marriage is not a right. Marriage is a blessing. People say, I know what you've been saying. She should quit and sue the government. That's from, uh, oh, Stalker Jim. Yeah, you know what? I agree. Okay, so you contend a public school principal superintendent can or cannot force teachers to violate their conscience. I see equivalents. That's what someone's tweeting me. Um, 
Yes. Yeah, if you work for a public school, you, you have to teach the public curriculum. For that same reason that uh, I won't send my kids to public school in the United States. I'll, I'll, I'll either homeschool them or send them to private school. Yes. Does that answer your question? <laughs> I, people think they're going to they're gonna stump you by not. No, as a conservative, you either believe in freedom or you don't. And you either believe in law and order and you don't. And it doesn't mean that, that someone has a personal opinion because they look at the case from a law, a law and order perspective. And that's where we are. Now, in a cultural perspective, I actually want to play this clip for you. Norm MacDonald, the most brilliant comedian that I have ever, ever seen, uh, many of you may not know, is actually a Christian and conservative, and he's a judge on Last Comic Standing. And we're actually going to have this comic on next week. But Norm surprised some people with some uh, criticisms on a bit about the Bible that a gay comic did. Jared, we can roll that clip. You're Thank fantastic. You so um, and you're real brave. I mean, the stuff you're talking about, Bible jokes, that's some brave Thank you. And, uh, I uh, disagree. I don't think the Bible joke is uh, brave at all. I, uh, I think if you're going to take on an entire religion, you should maybe know what you're talking about. J.K. Rowling is a Christian, and J.K. Rowling famously said, that uh, if you're familiar with the scriptures, you could easily guess the ending of her book. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I don't like it. So that's, for context, the gay comic made a joke about people quoting the Bible. And listen, he's going to be on next week. Funny guy, but clearly didn't know what he was talking about. He said, you know, quotes me the book of Matthews. <laughs> like, what? D Dave Matthews band? <laughs> you're sitting there like, what a book of Matthews? And, uh, Said so. I get to quote my favorite book. You're a wizard, Harry. Harry Potter. Like that was his bit, right? Sure. Wasn't really a very funny bit. No. Um, I have no problem with people making fun of the Bible, making fun of Christians. As a, as a Christian, I think again, if I'm going to make fun of Islam, I have to be open to people making fun of my faith. That's okay. I just don't think it's particularly brave. It's open season on Christians. What's amazing to me is Roseanne Barr, this woman who was just barely walking upright, was not understanding what Norm was talking about. <laughs> That's really brave. I am just amazed that sitcom ever made it, Roseanne. I I just, I can't even handle it. I can't handle 30 seconds of that program. And Norm MacDonald was saying, I don't really think it's very brave. And he said, you know, I don't really think it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's very brave. You know, you make fun of the Bible there. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, a gay comic making fun of the Bible. I think I've, uh, you know, I've seen that before. That's what he's saying. Yeah, tell me about all the death threats you get from all those angry Christians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've made fun of Christians. I am a How Christian. We've made fun of Christians on the show. I just wrote an open letter to the Christian community yesterday because people are imperfect. Everyone deserves to be made fun of. Yeah. Everyone. Now, I've only gotten death threats from Muslims, union members. Funny enough, hipsters got really mad when I made fun of them. Of all groups of people. And I uh, can't forget the uh, the Cher fans. That's an angry crowd right there. The Cher fans? Cher, remember? We oh, had, Cher, we Cher. That meme a long time ago. Yeah, went, Cher. nuts. Well, the homosexuals, they love Cher. Yeah, they get violent, violent over Cher. Leave Cher alone! Please! Do you think the, the, uh, the gay fans of Cher are like at... That, that enclave is at war with, like, the Madonna gay fans? Or I think they're all kind of the same group. I don't know. Cher, Streisand, Minnelli, Madonna. That's just like, it's like catnip for gays. Yeah. I'm not even sure about it. Uh, anyway, 
Great clip. You should go Norm MacDonald. He also said, we'll have another story on, just said this recently, that Bill Maher is the least funny person ever. So if you want to know who's on your side out there, they're not all flag-waving Republicans. A guy like Norm, really clever guy, very smart. One of the highest IQs, I think, measured in all the entertainment industry. Conservative, Christian. Speaking of which, smart guy Alfonso Rachel. After this break, don't miss it. It's time for your daily haiku with Sensei Stereotype. Morning right. Thaw is gray. I can't use my turn signal. This has been your daily haiku with Sensei Stereotype. Sensei Stereotype. You're listening to L- L- Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. Very glad to have this next guest. Sorry, I'm all nasally. All of a sudden, my allergies flared up. But uh, I've known him for a long time. And as a matter of fact, outside of Andrew Breitbart, I probably owe more of my career or what little there is of it to this man. Uh, I'll explain as we get into it. First, right off the bat, you can find him at alfonsorachel.com. He does videos, commentary, music. Uh, Zoe, thanks for being on, man. Uh, thank you, man. Hey, you know, in terms of uh, what little of your career you have, yeah, I would probably fall for that. I'll take credit for that. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It started off well, and then it, uh, it it went off the rails really quickly. No, I remember, you know. It's like, you know that guy? You know Zoe? Oh, man, get out of no, here. No, it's more so the other way around. You were the one who vouched for me. Um, it's funny. I get a lot of tweets, and people say, well, why don't you ever go you know, on PJTV, or have you thought of collaborating with Zoe? I'm going, well, I, I did in 2009. We did this video, which looking back now is almost – prophetic called everyday republicans and it was just every sort of stereotype and that's been the playbook against republicans now right racist sexist homophobe rich um this was before occupy we'll actually you know we'll get it up for those who are listening terrestrially on louderwithcredit.com we'll get a video link up but Mm -hmm. you were at pjtv and you know it was really impactful because you were actually a big reason for me from transitioning from stand-up to online because i saw your rants and i thought hey this guy's doing it and he's doing really well, and he's you know resonating. Hey, I don't necessarily just need to do a club anymore. I can use this YouTube, right? And um, you were at PJTV, and they started kind of asking you the sketch stuff, comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. And you, being incredibly humble, because you could have done it, said, "Hey, you know what? I'm probably not your best guy, but you might want to talk to this Stephen guy. You had no, you didn't even know me, and you mm-hmm. put my name in the mix, and that's where it all got started. I don't even know if you remember that. I do, man. And, and that's you know, and even to this day, you know, they ask me to do things. Like, Why don't you, you don't want me for that? I look, man. I know my wheelhouse. There's certain things where it's like, look, man, I can do this. I don't want to do that. It's not just because of me. It's like, look, I'm trying to protect your thing. You don't want me to mess up your thing. It's just let me do what I'm good at. You know, right? Well, you've done some funny sketches though. I mean, when we had you in the um, uh, the Peace Prize video, you stole a video with just a look. <laughs> it was just right. the, we had you just being a black guy gets a peace prize and you're looking at me and everyone's like oh man so his price is getting more of him in there um so it's been a, it's been a long time and a lot of people don't realize kind of that's that's where i started more so in the conservative movement and, and then andrew breitbart mm. um picked me up and we were kind of all in that same circle of friends for a while until he he passed um mm. so you do a lot of videos right Here, here's my question to you because you, you don't get to talk about this a lot kind of like i don't really get to talk about my background so much as a canadian 
What's people are asking? You know, what's your background? How does obviously a man, a man of color, I believe is the correct term now, become a conservative activist? Really make a living off of it? What was the transition for you? Oh, the well, you know, first up is I'm a musician, you right. know, and um, you know, and me playing in different bands, you know, musicians tend to lean to the left, and um, you know, just there's something about it that just wasn't because I wasn't, you know, I was a default liberal, right? You know, I was a default, you know, Democrat. And uh, but, you know, the more I started to listen, you know, to the narrative and the things that they would say about themselves, you know, how they would loft themselves as being tolerant and accepting and open minded, and all that sort of stuff. And then I would hear the opinions that they would have on, you know, Christians, conservatives, Republicans. And I said, there's nothing about what you have to say that sounds tolerant or accepting or anything like that. So when I started to question the narrative, that's when I started to see that belligerence really come out. And I was like, look, man, one thing I've always known is that entertainment is a very powerful way to move a message. So I want to use my music to promote this message. So when I would write up songs and lyric suggestions, and stuff like that, oh, man, I would get chewed out. So I was like, right. you know what? Uh, there has to be a way where I can get this message out there. So I was teaching martial arts. Now, now when did this happen? Like around what age? Oh, this was uh, late, late night, just just before 2000 rolled around. I, okay. I, I started to see it. And then, uh, but it started to grind on my nerves. I mean, it, embarrassingly, it took a long time before I said, okay, I need to, I need to see what part I can do. And uh, so, like, you know, Century turns over, uh, 9-11 happens. Uh, around 2007, I said, all right, man, I, I got to do something. So I, I had my martial arts studio. And uh, when I would close up shop for the night, I would set up a camera. And I would just start recording what was on my mind. And I, and I started uploading those videos up on MySpace. Got a little bit of a following on MySpace. Somebody <laughs> said, hey, man. <laughs> I remember know? MySpace. Oh, yeah. See, this is back. This is, you know, a little flashback for you there. Um, somebody said, why don't you put that stuff up on YouTube, man? So uh, I did this skit. Uh, I said, oh, wow, YouTube, man, I can make like videos like that. I saw, I, I had never heard of YouTube. You know, that's how under a rock I am, right? And I saw some stuff that people were doing on YouTube. I said, heck yeah, man, I'll try some of that stuff. And that's when I made that video, uh, The Vote Reaper. It was like my little Star Wars parody. Right. And uh, and I did, uh, you know, my bit on Sarah Palin. And, uh, you know, and that got, that went viral. And I think that's when I, I caught the attention of uh, like Gary Sinise and Breitbart and uh, Bill Whittle. And uh, and they, I think they just kind of tossed around and say, hey, he might be good for a PJTV. And that's how I ended up on there. Right. Well, yeah. Then we and then everyone knows the story from there. You know, my interest was in kind of what happened before that, because it's one of those things where people just don't. It was one of those things. It was the right person at the right time. Not that you're not talented. You're obviously talented. And that's why you've made it a, a consistent living and you've stayed on the radar and you still have viral videos. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those things where, you know, young black men didn't say those things and you know what's crazy and you can correct me if i'm wrong here i feel like we got to the point where more people were saying what you were saying or it was at least okay it was at least getting a little more acceptable and now in 2015 the racial divide is worse than ever in my lifetime born in 87 i feel mm. like it's gotten worse as bad as humanly possible in the last couple of years i mean when i was growing up right rodney king was a huge issue that was a huge thing we've had four riots in the last year you know that right, are comparable right. Um, you know, I, just really quick, man, I'll tell you, one of the reasons why I tell that story, man, is because when it comes down to it, me being at PJTV and this things that culminates to this, we're, we're talking about, you know, the dynamic that it has and how I got there and how people perceive it. Well, it might, it those, just like what you're talking about in this racial divide, where I'm at isn't because of what I believe. I'm only where I am because I get paid for it. That is the perception of why I am where I am. Right. You know, it's like, there's, it's like, you, if you have an opposing worldview, 
This is how full of themselves that liberals and Afrocentrics think they are with their worldview. They think their worldview is so solid and they're so full of themselves that if you think apart from them, then there has to be a nefarious reason for it. Right. I'm only doing it because I'm getting paid. Right. And I, exactly. and let me assure you, before I was ever paid for it, I was already getting cussed out for it. I was already being alienated for it. I was right. already being, you know, separated and, and chastised for what it was that I was believing. I wasn't getting a dime for hey, it. Hey, big oil. <laughs> big oil, Coke Brothers, Big Pharma. Don't deny it. That's the YouTube comment section. This guy's that's the funny thing about it, too, man. It's like, you know, big oil pays me. It's like, dude, if big oil was paying me, don't you think I'd have a budget to have better videos? <laughs> well, when you started there, Ruff, they look nice now. Yeah, it's one thing, too. For me, I'm like, the big thing is I say if states want to legalize weed, fine. But on a personal level, I don't think it's good for you. That's my stance, right? And that's considered a radical stance to the super pro-marijuana lobby. And they're just like, oh, he's just been paid by Big Pharma. I'm going, Why would Big Pharma pay me? With a YouTube channel and a you know a syndicated radio show, why they have so much influence? Why would they do it? And people don't even think it through. It, it, again, it's that social engineering. Like a lot of the yeah. time, there are issues where I think the right they get it wrong. For example, like this issue right now in Kentucky, the woman who won't issue a, a same-sex marriage license. There are a lot of issues to get into there. She is working for the government at that point, and that is the law. So uh, I do understand people saying, okay, either go work somewhere else or do it because that's your job, just like if you work at GM. You have to be a part of the UAW whether you want to or not. But then they change the contract on her. So I understand both sides. The issue to me that matters, and I feel the right should focus on, is, is what you just touched, is the social engineering. It's yeah. the same thing with feminism. It's the same thing with being pro-Islam. It's the same thing with racism, with sexism. It's you have to think this way or you have to be banned from public discussion. And that's constant through everything. And yeah. that's always something you've hit on. And I feel like a lot of other conservatives miss those opportunities. Sure, sure. You know, and and, and if I can, like, you know, touch on, you know, a little bit of, of, of each uh, each uh, aspect that you said, like sure. even with the, with uh, medical marijuana, man, medical, here's the thing with medical marijuana for me. Um, number one, if marijuana didn't keep, get people high, they wouldn't care about it. They're right. only using people suffering with 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 uh, uh, with certain ailments. They're only using them to promote the idea of getting marijuana legal so they can enjoy it for for recreational purpose. They do not care about people who are sick. First right. up, two, I'm not into legalizing dependency. That's, right. you, know, you know, we got we already got a problem with legalizing dependency, you know, whether it's the welfare state, people being wards of the state and stuff like that. Right. But you want to put something on the scene to make that legal, too. I love Tony Bennett. You know, saying we should make marijuana legal and let the doctors be in control of it. You know, and make sure that the doctors regulate how it's going to be controlled. That way we do away with the black market. It's like, OK, OK. When the doctor tells you that you can't have any more of your drugs because he thinks that you're having too much. What do you think that patient's going to do? He's right. going to go to the black market so he can get some more. It's like these people don't think this stuff. Well, through. it's also the big thing, too, is drug dealers are not drug dealers. They're criminals who make money off of drugs. They'll find yes. a way to make money off of something else. Um, I, I kind of go back. My issue with it is the lies surrounding it. You know, people say, "Oh, well, it's the reason the medical industry is against us because you can't patent a plant." Uh, it's not true. There are many drugs taken from marijuana um, compounds that are patented. They just don't work that well. The only one that does work well is one that comes from. Um, gosh, I don't know the compound. We can bring it up, but it helps with nausea for cancer. Doesn't really get you high though. So people exactly. aren't pushing for that drug. That's it already why you don't hear about it that much. Exactly. Huh? It's like it is legal, <laughs> and they did patent it. Do you know the most popular drug? One of the most popular prescriptions in America. You know what it is? It's Retin A, Retinol. You know what Retinol is? Vitamin A. It helps keep your skin from getting wrinkly. 
If they can patent vitamin A, they can patent anything in marijuana. So if someone wants to puff up on their own in their own house, it's one of those issues. That's where I'm more libertarian. But my issue is the lie that, well, the big farmers are against it because they can't patent it. If it worked, they'd be the first ones. They've tried to be the first ones to make a ton of money off of it. Just like the supplement industry, if you look at the top five biggest supplement companies, they're all owned by Big Pharma. They make this. So the supplement, Big Pharma doesn't want you to use vitamins. They own the vitamin companies. It's all, so anyway, sorry, we're getting off on a rabbit trail. But yeah, you're right. But all that stuff's relevant, man, because it comes down to that social engineering because people are being inundated with these ideas. Or as soon, man, as soon as they hit the, the school campus, it doesn't matter what grade level, all practically, practically doesn't matter what grade level you're in. They're already being socially engineered for it. It, it, it starts like, you know, right when you turn on your television set, it starts when you turn on your radio. It, it starts when you look on the Internet. It's everywhere, man. Just this idea, these self-righteous, self-serving ideas that are constantly being promoted and they affect everything. Race relations marijuana uh sexual orientation uh you know uh, uh entitlements everything man it's just all this self-serving self-righteous propaganda that people think will make the world better and it's like it doesn't work and i'll it tell you what eroding us if we're just talking honestly and i've talked about this with my you know producer jared i mean we're, we're both you know brothers as christians we've talked about this yeah. a long time um my producer jared is too but mm. lately because of everything that's been happening we've said, you know what, we really have to guard our hearts because of yeah. what the media is putting out. It, it does actually cause me to think in a way that generalizes, sometimes negatively, and I hate it. But when you see the protests, and when you see today again cops being attacked, cops being refused service at Arby's, it makes you go, holy crap, like how did everything get so bad so quickly? And the media immediately goes, it's because of white oppression. You can only be told <laughs> that you're, you know, that you're privileged uh, for so long and that you don't deserve anything you've earned for so long until people want to fight to protect it. It's not that their identity is in their whiteness. Their identity is in their accomplishments and they're being told, no, you don't have any accomplishments. It's just because you're white. And it's created more racism. And, and, and I think everyone has to guard their heart against it. Oh, this is absolutely right, man. And, and you know, just like you said, man, when when we have uh, when we speaking of the uh, the Christian element, man, I'm no, I'm noticing that you know the more people want to bring more money in, like especially when it comes to, like education or whatever it is that they want funded, they want more money coming in, and at the same time, they want more God coming out, and they really think that this is the fix for all things. It's like no, it doesn't. And, and meanwhile, stigmatizing money, you know, the right. the, the, the one percenter in it. It's like okay, you think money is a problem, but yet you think it's going to solve your problems. It doesn't work that way. There's a reason why in God we trust is on our money. Because right. we're supposed to know that your security is not in your money. The stability of your nation, the stability of the state of mankind is not in your money. It's in God. But you guys want to bring in more money, shove God out. You're doing it totally backwards. You need to bring more God in and then let the money, God, let God take care of the money. Now, we don't need to get rid of money. If money was evil, God wouldn't accept it as On that note, we have to keep the lights on. With these advertisers, oh, okay. Alfonso Rachel will be right back. Hey, listener, what are you doing? You're listening to the show, but you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. Don't worry. I'm not trying to sell you anything, not any gold or self-lubricating pocket catheters, just news, videos, and exclusive stuff that you don't hear on terrestrial radio. Again, it's, it's all free. We're not asking you to spend any money. Just visit there, get your news, and get a couple of laughs. If you want to send me money, that's fine. What? I don't even know. How do you get in this room? Cold hard in? cash. This ad took a bad turn. Hey! Louderwithcrowder.com. Don't listen to Fun Dip. It doesn't cost a thing. Louderwithcrowder.com. This is Louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. We are back as we uh, kept the lights on with the evil money coming from our sponsor. <laughs> which Zoe was talking about right before we went there. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, and it's, uh, 
it, you said something, and here's the thing: leftists don't believe that m- they believe money is bad unless it's in the hand of the government. Mm-hmm. For some reason, all of a sudden, money, which is really just an amplifier of character, is inherently used in an altruistic way if it's in the hands of a centralized power. And mm-hmm. it's an irony that I think is lost on the left. And I think it's an irony that has p- particularly been portrayed on the on the, the black American public. Um, sure. That they're you talk about this a lot. They're the benevolent sort of dictators. They're there to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've talked about this too a lot. You just did a video recently that went incredibly viral with uh, Michelle Obama, and you you said something you know. But hey, you're gonna get your you're gonna get your your government help, but not if you have a working father in the house. Mm-hmm. That's something you've talked about a lot. Do you think? For those who aren't aware, tell them of how the welfare laws affect the black community and how Democrats deliberately use it as a marketing tool. Because a lot of people don't even know. Oh, man, it, it comes, you know, from so many angles. You know, and the funny thing about it is that, you know, we have this generation of uh, feminists, you know, who want to come off as like they're strong and they're independent. And, hey, you can raise that kid on your own and you're a strong, especially, like you know, even with the, with the black community. I, I right. hate when you know when you have black women say I'm a strong black woman, you're a strong black woman. Now, if a white woman was to come out there and say I'm a strong white woman, we'd call her racist, you know. But you know, but the, the point Side is, I know he's married to a white woman. It's okay for me to say that, right? I know, I know. One of those racist Republican conservative white women is like, oh, oh, but she happens to be married to me. And she's anyway. very pretty and she's very sweet. And every time I've met her, I, I, you know, I'm going. Race has nothing to do with it. You just hit the jackpot. Good for you. Uh, yeah, I know, right? I mean, I like her. I'll keep her. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is you know, um, these ideals that people put into their heads, you know, and, and then these these same women who think that they're strong and independent go and turn to the government to 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 to, to assist them. It's right. like, wait a minute, what happened to all that strength and that independence? But the government has become the supplement. He got us a phone. He go get us a phone. <laughs> I, 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 I'm an you know. Come on, even that's one of those things. Like, I get, I understand that there are white Americans who are mm. out of touch with black culture. Okay, I get it, but that was just absurd and hilarious. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but because the, the the state has become the supplement for the father. You know, the, you got the breakup of the family. Right. You got you got you know more than uh, more than fifty percent of people just falling out of wedlock. You know, there's the the and it's like they want the economy to get better. How right. how do you you know the economy is symptomatic. It's not our core problem. Right. You know, the economy is 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 a reflection of the the unstable economy is a reflection of an unstable culture. We got unstable marriages. We got kids growing up in un- unstable homes. We just got unstable relationships between people, unstable business relationships, and people expect to have an economy that's going to be a uh, 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 a part or or uh, the opposite of that. No, it's not going to work that way. Right. So you know, but these are things that people deal with. It's not exclusive to the black community, but no. the, but for some reason, the black community is making the most noise about it, but isn't doing the things that's going to bring the problem to a halt. Yeah. It's it's a tough place to be because, and, and you know, you hate to even be like, well, because you're black. The fact is, you can talk about it. As far as me being able to reach people in the black community, it's 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 nigh impossible um, because of the narrative that's been said. It requires someone like you. It sucks, but those identity politics sort of play a role in who from the conservative side can even even have a voice to reach them. Well, you and, know, I, t- I tell you what, though, there, there, there's a lot of truth to that, but at the same time, you know, they hate me more than they hate you. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, the, the, seriously, it's like, I, you know, I'd be, there's, there's this kind of notion that because I'm black, you know, I can, I, I have the liberty to, 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 to express right. these ideas. No, I don't. Because once I have these ideas, I don't qualify as black anymore. 
You know what I'm saying? We had Hughley on the show, and that's what he said. He said, you know, not one of them would be respected in the black community. I said, well, what about Alfonso Rachel? What about Larry Elder? What about Colin Powell? What about Condoleezza Rice? And he goes, not one of them would be respected in the black community if they walked into a neighborhood. I'm going, well, but those are respectable people. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I thank you and say, hey, you're so right, but thank you. I appreciate the, the compliment as being a respectable person. But, you know, but it's difficult. Well, I don't look at you and think, at Preck, I'm going to disrespect him. He doesn't deserve my respect. Like, why Why is that a justification? Well, they wouldn't respect them. Well, then those people are bad people. These people deserve, <laughs> they've earned respect through the way they lived their lives and their accomplishments. They've actually earned a voice. And I was amazed, but he just thought that was such a sound argument. Well, and it is sad because they do think it's sound. And the thing is, it's not impossible. It's difficult, but it's not impossible. There's ways to get in there. It's just, it takes a lot of finessing. Right. That's that's one of the things that too many conservatives lack is finesse. You know, if you want to deliver these things, it takes style. It takes, you know, it takes style, guts, and it takes a finesse, yeah. you know, um, and, 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 to, and plus that it takes it does take a little bit of money, you know, which conservatives always seem to have. A, you know, they got money when it comes to, like, you know, funding these super PACs and whatever. But when it comes to, oh, you, know, know. you know, funding the actual cultural effort. You know, they want political representation. I'm trying to tell you that's not going to be stable unless you have stable cultural representation. So they need to learn how to feed that. But, you know, these things, man, they have to be taken into the culture and there has to be a method upon which, you know, to do well, it. And that's just as bad. You know, people I mean, listen, you're talking about guys like, uh, you know, Gary or or Andrew and people who we were friends with Michelle Malkin. And, you know, mm -hmm. they have obviously this respect for you because they work in that realm. And I always felt immense respect uh, from all of those people. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. Gary's niece every now and then he's not. By the way, for those listening, he's not a political guy. He just a very uh, helps the troops and he recognizes people who do that and who are out there who are supporting America. Yeah. And um, just always this respect that I feel I hadn't earned in the face of someone that great. Whereas with Republican politicians, you're in the room and it's always mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, yeah, what you do is important, too. That's cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't you get that? Right. Is, it, right. is it just me? Is it just me because I'm a, I'm a court jester? Maybe it's just I, me. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> and it's like, who the hell are you? I mean, you know, the only reason anyone listens to what you have to say is because you have millions of dollars from a pack. Nobody cares about you. You're running for president to increase your speaking fees a lot of the time. It really is a problem. There is a problem. And, and I've, I have to be, you know, I speak out as much right now toward the right as I do toward the left. I feel like it's gotten to a point where it's our responsibility because we can't just accept the entire thing as it is because it's better than Hillary Clinton or better than Bernie Sanders. We need to elevate. You know, the movement needs to be elevated right now. Um, and I think we're being honest. It's, it's in a, a place that really needs to Indeed, man. And it's, you know, it's, it's, and it's tough love. It's tough love. Man. Yeah. You know, sometimes you gotta, you, you know, you gotta dig in a little bit, and you know, and, and you know, and, and, and keep it real. And keep it real. Okay. You know what? Speaking of keeping it real, uh, this is going to end our terrestrial broadcast here. I want you to stay for a couple minutes just for the the webcast, where you can go all crazy profane because we know you are louder with Crowder. Go to the site if you're listening on radio to hear an extended web version. Stay tuned for this. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Follow Stephen on Twitter at S. Crowder. Now it's time for your dating advice minute with Bill Cosby. Now this week's letter comes to us from Russell. I'm a rat show cooking among in California. He says, hey, I got a problem with my girlfriend, with my woman.
She doesn't want to see me after she's had a long day at work. And when she sees me, she'd rather see the inside of her eyelids and go to sleep. Okay, Russell, I understand every man who has a working woman has had that problem at some point in their lives, okay? They got the woman who's working, she's not at home. She's got a lot of responsibility. You gotta be sensitive. So here's what you're gonna do. When she comes home, you're gonna have dinner cooked. You're gonna have some coffee with the dinner. You're gonna offer her some coffee, and then you're gonna slip something in the coffee. She's gonna be, ah, you're gonna be going to This has been your Dating Advice Minute with Bill Cosby. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to sound. Wow, here we are in the second hour. Of course, of louder with Crowder, as producing always in my uh, wonderful new studio that he set up is Gay Jared. You can follow me at S. Crowder, him at not Gay Jared. Crowder's not gay. Okay, <laughs> with that voice, I just I get tired of my own voice, so I can only imagine listeners get tired of my voice. That's funny. I get tired of your voice. I know you do. You talk about it every day. <laughs> it's like just stop with the speaking in the being. In the Please. existing, just, the if you can just existing. cut out the existing for just a moment. For those of you who don't know, of course, you're probably listening right now to Wham or Wonderful Home Station in uh, Cone in Alaska. Um, I don't know if some other stations carry it. We're, we're kind of working on that. But most people now are listening online and you're listening in a podcast. Could be at any time during the week. Gay Jared here has built up a whole new studio. Uh, in the Crowder household that is uh, set up with green screen and all these lights and foam padding. So everything's a little bit off. You know, it's one of those things you just you do realize that human nature is to fear change. Like my microphone right now, it's it's coming in on the right side of me as opposed to the left side. And my soundboard has moved over. That was just to screw with you. That was, that was just nothing to, <laughs> to do with quality. That was simply... <laughs> So it was to make me horrendously uncomfortable. ruin your morning. So everything is just, I reach for something and I, it's not there. And uh, it, it just sort of made me realize that, man, as, as human beings, we really try and avoid change. And sometimes it's good. And sometimes it's Barack Obama. So it, <laughs> it can go either way. You know, you, you never know what's going to happen when you get change. You, you reach into the, the, the change bucket and you pull out, you know, sometimes you pull out a fistful of dollars and sometimes it's just a nickel. Luck of the draw. Luck of the draw. Luck of the draw. It is the luck of the draw. Fonzo, Rachel, what a sweet guy uh, he was. Of course, that'll be extended video interview up at ladderwithcrowder.com. A few stories this week that I think are pretty significant. You know how leftists are always talking about how they care about the poor, the helpless, the weakest. You know, that's right. That's why it's welfare, and that's why they, they want to tax the rich. Well, here's a story that I thought was pretty interesting. Did you hear the story about the, the disabled uh, robbery victim who got— Actually, I did not— you're, I did not. You did not hear the story. This is a disabled robbery victim, repeatedly robbed. So a guy in a wheelchair. Uh, you know, it was hard to find out what his disability was in the picture. He's got an electric wheelchair. So I think you're getting into, you know, heavyweight territory with the disabilities. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, crutches would be like Bantam weight. Cane would be pimp weight. And then normal wheelchair would be middleweight, electric wheelchair, heavyweight. Sure. You've got the full disability mm-hmm. pass. So I see him here in an electric wheelchair, and 
67 years old, retired lobsterman. Really kind of embodies. <laughs> yeah, it was a lobsterman. I just I didn't even know that was a thing either. I know. I, I, know. Like, I, I mentioned it casually. Like, can we just stop there for a second? Lo okay. No, Lobsterman. You, you, go on. Go on. The kids going, what does your dad do? My dad's a policeman. My dad's a firefighter. My dad's a lobsterman. Dad's, did you hear it? It was a red lobster. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. His dad is a lobster. It's that, they have that whole interspecies thing. It's new. Be tolerant. Transspecies. Transspecies. That's the truth. Mermaids, people don't realize it's just just someone who did weird stuff with a fish. So we've got <laughs> we've got this guy. He's been robbed several times in the past few years. Police weren't able to stop it. No government program stopped it. Uh, his name is Lembo. Well, I have his name here. For some reason, my computer's going a little bit nuts. Anyways, what happened was he bought a 1941 Russian-made revolver. So that's pretty funny. And uh, <laughs> so that's funny. There's some humor in the story. And uh, he was hoping he would never use it. But, uh, you know, listen, he may be in a wheelchair. I don't know as far as the legs work, but his, his pair was in working order because a robber came in and he shot him. Shot him in the shoulder, prevented the situation. So this guy thwarted a robber. Robbed several times, shot him. Of course, now the landlord's mad and wants to take away his gun. The left is mad at him. I mean, this is a perfect example. It's because the landlords are cheap. They don't want to replace the carpet. They don't want to right. touch up the paint. They're just... Well, especially with a 1941 Russian-made revolver. That thing's that firing... Was, that was a mess. ...black powder every which way. But this is a perfect example. The firearms and the constitutional right to bear arms. We talk about the left. They talk about helping those who need a leg up. Firearms and the right to own them are designed for the helpless. They assist. They empower the most helpless among us. If you were stronger than everyone else, you wouldn't need a gun. Guns are the, you know, Samuel Colt made men equal. It's the great equalizer. It's the only thing that can make a woman as strong as a man. That can make a man in a wheelchair, a 67-year-old geriatric, as strong as a young violent robber is a firearm. And this wheelchair-bound, he, he, he made himself as strong as a ruthless criminal. And it's a perfect example of the left is not looking to help the helpless. Otherwise, they would be thrilled that a man who was a victim repeatedly decided no more and protected himself. The left doesn't want to help the downtrodden. They don't want to help the poor. They don't want to help victims. They want to control them. And that's why they're against firearms. They don't want people to be free. They don't want people to be autonomous. They don't want this old man to be able to protect himself. Here's the deal. If you're in a wheelchair or if you're a woman facing a would-be rapist, there is one thing that can level that playing field, okay? It's not a rape whistle. It's not 911. It's not urinating yourself as the left advised you to do to make yourself unattractive to a, a, a would-be rapist on PCP. I don't think he's really going to care. It's none of those things. It is a gun. And only a gun. And it's, it's not a knife. That's the thing. What you do is you now have a tool that gives you a mechanical advantage over a human being. In, in the right to self-preservation, just like a forklift gives you a mechanical advantage in picking up boulders or thousands of pounds of, I don't know, plywood, whatever you're doing with your forklift, right? It gives you that mechanical advantage. That's what a gun does. It's a, it's a tool in a different way that gives you a mechanical advantage over people who are inherently stronger and more ruthless than you are. It 
is one of the great empowering tools that we have available to us, and it disproportionately empowers the weakest among us, the helpless among us, and leftists want to ban it. I mean, can you think of any more clear proof than something that lefts, the left just wants to control as opposed to help? No, no. I think, I mean, we talked about this this week. Talk about, think about rape culture. What better answer is there to rape culture, should you believe in it, than empowering women with firearms? You know, what, what, what better way to... How do you end rape culture? Gun culture. Sure. That's how you start it. The truth is, listen, a, a gun, for example, if you and I get into an altercation, a gun, if you attack me and it's just bare hand and bare hand, a gun isn't necessary for me. It doesn't really empower me because I'll probably be fine. I'm a lot bigger than you. For you, if I decide to mug you, it helps you disproportionately compared to what it would help me. Now, people go, well, the left argument is, well, what if the rapist has a gun? Okay. Let's go through all the scenarios here. In this, case, in this case, this is a paraplegic. So I often use women as an example because a lot of women are afraid of guns and, and, and they're the ones who should be most comfortable with them. But let's use this as an example. A, a, a para, not a paraplegic in a wheelchair. I don't know the term paraplegic, quadriplegic, all the some kind of plegic. So he took, like Donald, he took the plegic, the plegic to the Republican Party, the pledge. So here's, what are you looking at? The soundboard? No, I have no idea. All right. Let's go through the situations. He has a gun. The attacker doesn't have a gun. The handicapped 67-year-old wins, okay? Uh, if he doesn't have a gun and the attacker has a gun, of course the attacker wins, right? If neither has a gun, of course the attacker wins because he's a handicap. If both have a gun, then it's a 50-50 shot. It comes down to who's better trained with the firearm. So out of any of those situations, he loses unless he has a gun. And even in the one situation where the other gentleman has a gun, he still has a better chance than if neither had a gun. That's important. Just look at the odds. If you're, to, if you're going to Vegas, right, and someone said, hey, I can give you these odds guaranteed, right? And they would tell you this is the game, okay? You have a choice. Do you walk behind door number one or number two? And you get to decide if you have a gun. Every time you pick yes, because your odds go up exponentially. And I get it. People get mad and say, oh, this is the conservatives. They want guns because they're just so afraid and they cling to their guns. Matter of fact, generally speaking, the toughest people among us, professional fighters, athletes, they're big advocates of the Second Amendment because anyone who's trained at any kind of a high level of, of conflict understands the unpredictability and that anything can happen. You talk to a Navy SEAL who's off duty, you talk to any kind of a special ops, they're going to say, yeah, I, I think you should have a gun. Because even, even though I'm highly trained... I know that any, at any time something unexpected could happen, and uh, I'm no Superman, so it's, it's a good idea for me to have a gun. You see, uh, you see the new uh, – I have a lot of leftist friends who have been – and I've seen this multiple times over social media the last couple of weeks since the, uh, you know, the, the, the French train attack of three Americans. Yeah, the Americans yeah. saving the French again. Yeah, the, the most hilarious thing to me is that people are now using that as an argument for gun control because he said, oh, see, these guys – these guys, the more to the attack, they didn't even need a gun. They need a gun. So you don't need a gun. These guys did it without a gun. And uh, they were trained in Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I just laughed because I'm like, they clearly read nothing more than a headline from probably some HuffPo article. Right. And clearly had no idea these were not only military trained people, but also had years of training in Brazilian <laughs> Jiu Jitsu. Right. Tell me anybody else whose instinct would have been to run toward the attacker. To close that gap and basically, right. and, and I think the guy's gun jammed or something too. They said, 
you know, t- you know, try teaching this quadriplegic Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, you know, exactly. What kind you of can. chances he you can't? Well, actually, there is grandma, a grandma, your pregnant wife. There is know? a guy in a wheelchair who learned some jiu-jitsu. Um, funnily enough, but yeah, it's it's really hard. It's very hard. As a matter of fact, it, it's yeah. Even with a woman, I, I mean, I've trained with female champions in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. They'll be the first to tell you get a gun. So again, the left doesn't want to empower you; they want to control you. We'll talk more about this. And the employee refused to sue a cop at Arby's. I messed that up. Hey, Fundip, what's wrong? I'm trying to figure out what kind of gift to send to my friend's hot niece. Well, firstly, that's creepy. Does she like wine? Well, yeah, everybody likes wine. Oh, so what's the problem? I just don't know what kind of wine she likes. Oh, well, the good thing is you're in luck, because you can go to SimplifiedWine.com or call 844-297-WINE. You just place a call or you send an email, and a qualified sommelier will find out what you like, your price range, and curate a perfect wine list for you or your friend's hot niece. SimplifiedWine.com or 844-297-WINE. Okay, line one. You're on ladder with Crowder. Hey, uh, hi, this is Sam. Oh, hey, I'm Sam. I'm a big fan of your asking. show. What was that? I'm a big fan of your show. I think it's uh, one of the best the best shows on uh, on the internet. Well, thank you very much. We're also on radio, uh, so over at our wonderful home station, Wham, and of course, Cone in Alaska. But thank you. What's on your mind, uh, Sam? Well, I wanted to talk about that broad in Kentucky who's uh, who's uh, not handing out the marriage licenses. Yeah, yeah. What about her, Kim? Kim? Uh, Kim Davis? Kim Davis? Yeah, I I I don't think what she's doing is uh, very wrong. I mean, I think it's all right that she doesn't want to hand out uh, you know gay marriage licenses. Yeah, so you think it's okay that she doesn't want to hand out gay marriage licenses? You don't think it's a problem at all that she works for the government, and for better or worse, that's the new law of the land? Well, well, no, because, I mean, think about it. If she's not handing out uh, gay marriage licenses, then you and Jared uh, can't get married. Oh, okay, I see what you did there. Yeah, with gay Jared, you can't get married. Okay. Uh, not gay. For the record. Well, right. um, that's... You know, I know that I know that uh, for a fact that both of you two are gay because I actually have a picture of you going, uh, Jared. Okay, okay, all right. That's enough of that. That's enough. That's yeah. There's a photo flying around on the internet with you with just a full mouth of. All right. I don't, Jared. I don't know how I got to screen this. I don't know how I got through. You got to screen this. I, scre- stuff I screened him. He this lied is to why me. we don't open up to calls and we can't have nice things. I, I don't know what happened there. I mean, <sighs> Okay. Uh, sorry. We'll make sure that uh, we'll get better calls coming in. It really, if you call, that's fine. Just you know, know that we have FCC rules here, and just keep it civil. Uh, what else do we have going on this week? Speaking of uh, of of being civil, um, have you heard about this? The Arby's worker. So this happened. Let me make sure I get this right as to where this happened. Pembroke Pines. I don't know where that is. But I do know what happened. An Arby's worker refused to serve a police officer through a drive-thru uh, because he was a cop. 
So we have this up at louderwithcrowder.com. The Pembroke Police Department was made aware of an incident that occurred. Sorry, we want to read this properly. We don't want to read the police statement. We want to read the statement from the person. Yeah, what happened was this person told the police officer, no, I'm not going to serve you because you're a cop. Black Lives Matter, that whole deal. So here's where we are in the United States. Now, the police officers were like, well, we're so offended and we're appalled. I don't think you should be offended or appalled. I think you're a grown adult. And I understand, you know, I understand being upset. I don't use the word offended or appalled. For some reason, it just seems so wimpy to me. But attacks on police officers have gone up significantly. Crime has gone up. Police deaths have gone up. And we've talked about this. If you go back, you can get the podcast catalog at lotterwithcrowder.com, you have them all up there. You can go back and hear where we talked about the fact that police deaths would probably be increasing. Certainly crime rates. Would police be more prudent? Would they be afraid to do their job? And uh, the numbers are out now. And it's a fact. And when you have a situation like this, it was a female officer. It was a male working at the uh, the Arby's. Black male. Oh, why do you feel any? Well, because black male said, and now he's come out and said, I'm 19 in color and she's a cop. That's all I have to say about that. How about, let's just change the tone. I'm 19 and colored and she's a cop. Here's your sandwich, miss. Why does it have to be, I'm 19 in color and she's a cop. So all I have to say about that, as though we just accept it at face value. That's what happens so much. People just accept, they, they say something they throw something out there as though it's an assumed fact that we've all agreed upon, as though we all agreed upon the idea that, well, yes, if you're a black young man, you sh- cops hate you. You should hate cops, particularly if they're white. It's not true. The left has acted as though it's true. And so now you have an entire generation of kids who've grown up in a post-racial America who are more trained to hate cops than their parents. I, I can't even remember any time we were talking about this with, with Zoe. I mean, think about it. J- Jared, you're younger than me. You have kids like your social justice warrior friend now who think that all of a sudden in 2015, cops just became more racist. Mm-hmm. Everyone became more racist. And and essentially, what is that? that your, your friend wouldn't, but that leads to they deserve to be treated in a subhuman way because they don't treat people decently. Sure. I mean, you have a friend who you right you knew, you grew yep. up with. Yep. Wasn't a big deal. And then all of a sudden he's in college and he's down there protesting in Ferguson. Yep. You just wake up one day and say, oh, there's so much racism in this country with the black president now all of a sudden. What is the thought process behind that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who, where it originates from anymore. I don't know. It just seems like it, it seems kind of like it came out of nowhere. Then you got these people, your D-Rays out there and your, your white Sean Kings and, uh, <laughs> You know, are, are these guys just taking advantage of the thing yes. that's kind of created, or did they did they help create it and build it? I don't know. I don't know where it starts because I know I didn't grow up with an America like that. I don't think, um, I don't think America just became extremely racist overnight. No, I don't. I do think though that you, th- for example, this creates more racial divide than it ever bridges. Oh, absolutely. And now cops are gonna cops. I guarantee you, cops who never really thought of it. For example, a Darren Wilson who specifically asked to be sent to a black area who wanted to help them, who wanted to learn. And he really said, you know, I, I want to be helping as a police officer. If you read that New York Times or New York Magazine article, with New York or New York Times, I don't know, one of those self-important uh, publications out of the East Coast. And this all evidence points toward the fact that he really wanted to serve the community. People like him out there, cops like that, are going to give it second thought now when they won't be served a sandwich at Arby's, when you're yelling after the police, 
uh, out your window when they see all of these protests. And by the way, here's what's so crazy. If you want to talk about individual racism, right, of course that happens. It absolutely happens. And I've met some and it's terrible. It's horrible. I've met individual racists, but they're not. They're talking about systemic oppression. Okay. So if you're talking about that, that means you're not talking about individuals. Systemic. Okay. Well, who runs the system? Who's at the top of the system? A black Democrat. Well, we, 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 that's not okay. Let's talk about Baltimore. You can't find an old white male conservative in city legislature in Baltimore. Black mayor, black police force. So if, if it's the system, man, look who's running the system. I'm not going to be conspiracy fluoride in your tap, but if you want to just throw out the systemic racism, okay, let's talk about the system. Let's talk about who's running it. Louder with Crowder, come back after this break. Come back, I demand it. of human beings bringing pet cats into their household and as a result have experienced urinating and defecation in an unsanitary box, scratches, biting, and overall general dickish treatment towards their human counterparts. This has been a cat warning. I'm a back with you uh, uh, sorry your your mic wasn't on uh, i just said said somewhat producing with me as always jared and uh of course not always glad to be back not always glad to be back we just had to deal with some uh some caller issues which hopefully will be remedied so a lot happened here this week we've been talking about the supreme not supreme court says we've been talking about the clerk in kentucky and that's a big deal kim davis i mean it's still trending on twitter deflate gate is a big deal I don't know if you saw Donald Trump came out and praised Tom Brady, praised Kanye West. The thing about Donald Trump, are we, we have a video going here, Jerry? The video's we, always, we can have the video going. Yeah, oh, we can have the video? <laughs> because, because you just asked. Because I just asked. I'm not because seeing the red busted. light. It is. Well, it's, it's for me to see. Right. It's not for you to see. It's, the the, thing it's about, private. The thing about Donald Trump, and this just came out from actually Ala Pundit over there at Hot Air, um, people asked they polled conservatives. They polled Republicans, right? They just switched out the name John Kerry, Donald Trump. They switched out the name Barack Obama, Donald Trump. It was Barack Obama supports universal health care. Do you approve of this policy? With Barack Obama, 15%. It was overwhelming, like 70-something percent disapprove. All they did was switch the name Barack Obama to Donald Trump. All of a sudden, overwhelming approval. The exact same question. Support for the uh, Iran deal from John Kerry. Overwhelming disapproval. Donald Trump, overwhelming approval. This is up there at hotair.com. I'll up on it. Did some real, you know, he pulled it from, um, I think he pulled it from HuffPo. So people will get mad. And of course, conservatives go, this is dishonest. Well, it's, it's proving a point with Donald Trump. My issue is not Donald Trump 
And then I, you know, here's the truth. I don't hate Donald Trump. I really don't. And then people call you conservative as a term now. C-U-C-K, conservative. Um, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what that, that really means. It seems like a very, very stupid, unintelligent term. But I do know what it means, but I'm dismissing it as a very stupid, unintelligent term. With Donald Trump, you have all these people. It came from a place of righteous indignation. They were upset with the Republican Party, the rhinos, the GOP, people who had abandoned their principles, the Mitch McConnells, the Boehners, the, the Paul Ryans of the world. I get that. I understand it. And I don't think it's ill-founded. And they thought Donald Trump's not a politician, so he'll come in and he'll, he'll fix all of these things. And he'll be, you know, he'll, he'll fix the rhino problem. Okay. But now when you see this, this is definitive proof of what I've been saying for weeks. They're willing to abandon all principles, just like rhinos, in the name of the guy, Donald Trump. They're willing to throw it all out the window. They had a huge problem with Obamacare. Well, they don't if Donald Trump supports it, if you rename it something. Huge problem with socialized health care. They don't if Donald Trump supports it. Huge problem with raising taxes, which, by the way, is really the only solution Donald Trump has offered anything. Tariffs, taxes. Donald Trump does it. They support it. And so here's something that really, the macro issue with Donald Trump. And yeah, I know we'll get people unsubscribing and people will get mad and people will call in. Let, let me explain this, though. And, and again, I don't hate Donald Trump. He's corrupt and everyone knows it. No one denies that he's bought and sold politicians, that he's given more to Democrats, that he had the Clintons at his wedding, that he's been cozy with politics. So the idea that he's not a politician, he is. He's a business guy who bought and sold politicians, right? Everyone pretty much agrees on that. Now, the defense is, well, that's how you have to do business. He's a smart businessman. He just, he's exposing it because that's how you have to do business. Okay. Why are you laughing? It's just that people buy that. I don't know. You should see people. Well, here's my problem as a conservative. So you mean to tell me, you can tweet me at S. Crowder. You mean to tell me, Donald Trump supporters, that there is no way Donald Trump could have done it honestly? There is no way Donald Trump could have maintained his principles? There is no way he could have done it without cozying up to people whom you hate, the Clintons, and people like Wiener. There's no way he could have done that. There's no way he could have been successful in business with integrity. And when you're saying that, what you're saying is there are no successful business people in the United States who aren't corrupt. Are, do you truly believe that there are no million, whether it's billionaires, billionaires is overused. You know, having a worth on paper is not the same as what you make. Millionaires, you truly believe there are no millionaires or even people making we well into the six figures. You don't believe there are any abundantly wealthy Americans who have done it honestly and with integrity. I, 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 that's not what conservatives should believe. That's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. You, you have to be a part of the system to right. be able to. That's not what we system. should believe. People believe that. Are you crazy? Those guys are retards. You, you don't believe in free enterprise. You don't believe in capitalism. If you excuse Donald Trump's corruption, that's because you don't believe in the free enterprise economy. You don't believe in capitalism. You don't believe it's possible to do unless you're corrupt. You are saying the exact same thing the Occupy Wall Street people said. You are Occupy. You're saying everyone does it corruptly. The only way to be success in a, successful in a free enterprise system is to be a liar, is to be a snake. It's the only way, and that's why we're at least okay with Donald Trump because he's honest about it. I don't believe that. They're supposed to believe that he's going to go in and fix all of that? 
is that, is that kind of like thing? Oh, he's gonna. I, he knows how. how he's broken. so corrupt. He knows how to fix it. Yeah, he knows how. And that's that's his main deal. That's I don't know. that's. I mean, listen. You can follow me on Twitter. I've retweeted it uh, at S Crowder. Not everyone is saying that, but pretty much everyone acknowledges it's it's. Well, yeah, he gave more to Democrats. He switched his party five times he since 1981. He acknowledges. He that. acknowledges it. So the defense, the only defense for that is to tar and feather all successful conservatives. And I know what they'll say. Uh, you know, Stephen, you're a loser. You can't hold to D Donald Trump a candle in real life. And that's what Norm Macdonald said, too. You know, I think he's right about a lot of things. I think he speaks truth, and a lot of people like that, and that's a good thing. It's the fact that everyone who disagrees with him is a loser, is a bad person. You know what I've never heard from Donald Trump? Ever. I've never heard him say, you know what? This person has, whether it's Megyn Kelly, whether it's, uh, I, I don't know who it is. This person attacked me. And they're they're wrong on this issue. I strongly, but you know what? I respect them as a person. They're good at what they do. We do that all the time on this show, and I'm constantly issuing corrections when I'm wrong. I've never heard him do that. As a matter of fact, every insult from Donald Trump is personal. It's always personal. It's it's not. Hey, you know what? Your your policies have failed. Hey, you know what? You're not really doing your job very well. Hey, it's it's you're you're a loser. Frankly, you're a loser. Okay, you're terrible. Okay. That's what it is for everyone that he doesn't like. And in the same breath, he only issues compliments personally. Frankly, I'll never say a bad word about Kanye West because he's been very good to me. He's, it's not Kanye West is a brilliant musician. He's a talented musician. He's one of the best MCs in hip hop. And even though I disagree with him, you know, I have to respect him. It's he's been good to me. It's I have a connection. Or Sean Hannity. It's hey, you're a great guy. I really love you. I appreciate you. You're a great guy. It's the same reason I don't want to throw her under the bus, but I have friends who host shows who've had him on. And now what's the problem? They're mad at her. Personal vendetta. It's always a personal insult or a personal compliment, not a professional one. And truth, truthfully, okay, we're talking about the Rosie O'Donnell thing. I can't stand Rosie O'Donnell, right? I can't stand Rosie O'Donnell. I've done bits about Rosie O'Donnell for years. That being said, Someone who has that much anger or that much anger towards Megyn Kelly. I don't like Megyn Kelly. I'm not a huge fan of Megyn Kelly. I'm not a big Megyn Kelly fan. It's one thing for a rich guy to not like you. It's another for the president of the United States who you believe would use that. We complain about Barack Obama and this administration auditing conservative organizations and people. And that's absolutely true. I know enough conservative nonprofits. They're audited like clockwork every two years. Uh, not the same with leftist nonprofits. I know that for a fact. It's pretty easy to see that selective prosecution of the law. Do you doubt for a second that Donald Trump would do that? Do you doubt for a second that Megyn Kelly and Rosie O'Donnell will be hit with auditing papers? Again, I'm not necessarily a fan. I don't even think they're right in their arguments. I think both sides had a point with the Megyn Kelly Trump thing. But I think that's wrong. And that's really unnerving to think about. Because then he can turn it on you. He can turn it on me. And it's always a personal thing. It's always a personal deal. What if Megyn Kelly is, you know, Netanyahu and he has the key to the nuclear codes? <laughs> Barack Ahmadinejad. Someone who flies off the handle, that matters. That kind of a temperament for president matters. And he always spews some sort of populist rhetoric and then follows it up with nothing. Do you realize the only real solutions, the immigration thing, I, I, I'm glad that someone's talking about it. His solutions for American cars in Detroit, since they've built a plant in Mexico, is we're going to tax them when they're coming back from Mexico. 
We're going to put a tax. Excuse me. You don't think they're doing that in Mexico? So here, here, the argument for him is Barack Obama signed all of his executive orders. He prosecuted selectively. He abused his executive power. So now it's time for us to have our guy do it. I don't want that. I don't want a Republican tyrannical leader to do Barack Obama the Republican version, to do it for us or you. I want a conservative. I want a freedom-minded liberty guy. Now, you know, we talk about Andrew Breitbart. I don't know about the site. I'm not talking about the site or the trademark. I don't know what's going on there. Andrew Breitbart, I knew very well. We posted about it. He was very clear that Trump was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, I don't know exactly what he would say, but I can guess. He said that consistently, repeatedly about Donald Trump. He would acknowledge people feeling voiceless, like they haven't been heard, and Donald Trump is representative of them in the sense that he's speaking out against the establishment. He's not afraid of the po politically correct sort of language police. And he would praise him for that. He would say, this is exact proof of why I created Big Hollywood, the first Breitbart site. It's a cultural influence. You know, politics, are, are everything is downstream from culture. So you need to see Donald Trump. And he would say an other candidate should take what he's doing, what's resonating, right? Speaking frankly, speaking bluntly, uh, they should take that, get rid of their consultants and, and stop being politicians. And people who are consistent, who are actual conservatives, should tear a page from Donald Trump's book and, and, and use that. But Donald Trump is not the guy. That's what I think Andrew Breitbart would have said. I know that he said Donald Trump was a wolf in sheep's clothing repeatedly and warned against him. But I think if we came this far down along the trail, he would recognize the value and encourage other principled people to take, you know, the Bruce Lee. Take the good, leave the bad. Take what works, leave what doesn't. Um, and, and so I often wonder, I mean, I, I, I will. he start, started me in my career, Andrew Breitbart. So I often wonder what he would say about certain situations. Now, I really do. I find my, I'm not just saying that to be sentimental. I go, well, what do I think Andrew would say? Well, with Donald Trump, we have a clear blueprint because he spoke out against him so often. Mm -hmm. I, fact, I remember he was in Western Michigan with uh, actually Michelle Malkin. And funnily enough, that's a perfect example, right? Andrew Breitbart and Michelle Malkin had their issues. They didn't agree on... Um, not necessarily principles, but how to go about certain things. But they'd show up on the same stage, and I was friends with both of them, and they never put me in the middle of it. And there were some things on which they agreed, and Donald Trump was one of them. I remember they were in uh, Grand, Wa Grand Rapids, actually, the, uh, the Amway Grand, I remember. Hmm. He was the first guy to RSVP at my wedding, because it was up in northern Michigan. He went to Holland for a few weeks. Someone had a house there. He just loved western Michigan. Andrew Breitbart loved it. it was the, he said it was the one place where his kids would, would turn off their their phones and their iPads. And um, anyway, we went from Donald Trump to Andrew Breitbart. But that, that's, what it, that's what it comes down to. I don't want someone to do what Barack Obama did for the Republican side. I, I think we want better. And I don't believe that you have to be corrupt. I don't believe you have to lie. I have to not believe that as a conservative. I have to believe that free enterprise can still work for the decent people among us because I've seen it work. I maybe haven't seen billionaires do it, but I know millionaires who have I know people who make good money who have, who employ hundreds of people who have. I know them personally. I have them in my family. And I know they didn't have to abandon their principles. So I'm not willing to say, well, everyone does it, so it's okay. I think we want better. I know I do. Again, don't hate anyone. I think we want better. Lotto with Crowder. We'll be back.
Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. Jared, we have a couple calls on the line. Yeah, we do have some calls. We have a call on line one. You are on. Hello, hi, hey, hey. this is uh, Jimmy John. Hi, how you doing? Jimmy John. All right. What is it, Jimmy John? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of your show, and and, and listen, uh, I know that you and uh, Jared uh, together, you're a big fan of. Okay. You just like all day long, <laughs> and you like to and on. That's all you do with. Jared, I, how did he get through? I think I, I tried. He has. I think he has multiple phones. You should post a screen. This all right. That means I think no was, more callers today. No more callers outside of pre-scheduled guests today. None. No more. I'm sorry. Sorry. Not bad. He didn't give you. You have to ask for their name. I did ask. He said. He said Jimmy. He didn't say John. That would have been a little bit of a tip. That would have been a tip. I was going to say. Did you? Did you let? Jimmy John through? No, no, no. Jimmy John did not come through. Okay, um, because you you do. It's clearly Jimmy John. Jimmy John. That was Sam. You you do understand why I would be aggravated if you were simple enough to let Jimmy John call through? Like, I would I would think more of you to get that as a flag to see that as a flag. Well, as Susie said on like live on air, I kind of thought you realized this was, a problem. was probably okay. not going in a healthy direction. All right. Well, listen, we're all learning. Um. Well, actually, I want to talk about something personal. We're going to bring on, actually, Courtney Kirchhoff, uh, writer at Louder with Crowder. Brilliant. And she disagrees with me a little bit on the Kim Davis situation. So we always love having people who disagree. We actually have the the uh, gay comic next week who Norm criticized online. We'll have him on next week. But I wanted to talk about something here. Just so people don't get mad and say I'm not a Christian and I'm a rhino um, because of the, the same-sex marriage license issue in Kentucky. I was at church this last week, and my wife and I have been trying to find a new church. Our church closed down because they built up some condos, and so it's you know it's always a tough process. And you and I were talking about this, Jared. Um, mm-hmm. I went in, and it was nice, you know, that this church took place in a movie theater because you know they're moving to a new location, so pretty young, and the music was great. Pastor was great, had the cadence down, but. Um, you know, he went on to talk about, and I, I here's the thing, I get it. He was talking about welcoming people to the church, reaching beyond the echo chamber. We talk about that on this show a lot, about not just, even just whether it's conservatism or your faith, not just preaching to the choir, reaching beyond it because we have a demographic problem. I'm on board entirely, but I'm also not on board with diluting the message, right? The packaging can change, but you don't change the message. And he talked about not judging. And he talked about welcoming everyone. And then he singled out some people talking about, you know, Christians, for example, who 
uh, want to pick and choose which sins are acceptable or unacceptable, or the ones who exclude on sexual orientation or theological differences. And he went on to say, you know, or the ones who tithe just because they really think they have to, um, as opposed to most people who don't tithe at all, give to their church at all. So basically anyone who could possibly be the backbone to a congregation, he, he condemned and made uncomfortable. And I understand no, no one is bothered more by, you know, the religious people than me. I mean, we posted a, a, a story at Lauder with Crowder about the topless protest in Bryant Park. You know, women mm-hmm. were topless everywhere. Remember, And we blurred out the boobs that were public. It was legal. It was in a public park. If you were in New York, you would have seen breasts. And yep. we blurred them out. And some Christians actually emailed the church where I had performed stand-up once several years ago that I don't attend anymore because they were offended that a Christian would be posting pornography on an unrelated Facebook page. Literally, pictures of topless women at a feminist protest blurred out. So yes, that woman is trying to be religious, and that's a problem. I get that. On the flip side, we've used this to create a sort of new mainstream Christianity. And whether you're a Christian or not, listening or watching right now, this is still relevant to you. There's a whitewashing of the faith and there's a whitewashing of Christ, which frankly does a big disservice to reaching out to people. It's just, it's far too easy for atheists to say to the modern liberal Christian, they go, it's just Jesus is all about love. They go, really? And they point to the Old Testament and they point to the massacres that occurred at the hands of God. And they point to Jesus destroying the temple. It's too easy to point to the fact that God has gotten angry, that God has delivered punishment. It's too easy to point to that fact. And so people think they're helping you by going, Jesus is love, God is love. And it's just too easy to debunk the argument. If you actually wanna reach out to people who are worthwhile having in your faith, people who actually believe it, smart enough people to get it, you need to be intellectually consistent. And there's this mainstream push with the raw bells of the world in the mainstream church today to no judgment at all. And let's make the Christians who are religious feel uncomfortable. And so they did. They probably made a lot of religious folks feel uncomfortable. But you know who they didn't make uncomfortable at all? The gay couple holding hands behind me living together who are greeting at the door. Now they should be welcomed into the church. But at some point, if you're going to be a volunteer at the church, they should say, hey, listen, you know, we have a problem with it. Just like at uh, one of my churches there in Texas, uh, they won't marry you if you're living together. They won't do premarital counseling if you're uh, living together or, you know, you're, you're just flagrantly disregarding the principles that they uphold as a church. So, yeah, it's good to make religious Christians feel uncomfortable. It's good to make pious people feel uncomfortable. But you also need to make that liberal gay man or that liberal feminist who's come in with multiple abortions, who still supports abortion, who's still voting for, for someone who supports abortion. You, you also need to make them uncomfortable. It's one thing to bring people into the church. It's one thing to bring people in the faith. But at some point, they need to grow. And, and I don't know where we got off here where now it's considered judgmental and it's considered wrong. Like they always, well, you know, uh, Jesus said, you know, judge not. Lest ye be judged. He said, go and sin no more. That's as frank as you can get it. And it's just bizarre to me that we fall into this. There's a new mainstream Christianity that wants to act as though all choices, all sins are accepted. And we're all sinners. That's a stupid term. Saints are sinners. I'm a, everyone's a sinner. It's, it's an oxymoron. If you're not Jesus, you're a sinner. But to act as though making a proactive sinful decision as a lifestyle is okay, and we're okay in the church because we don't want to judge, that's the new mainstream Christianity, and it's too easy to debunk. It's too easy to just go, oh, for an atheist to go, you guys are stupid. You don't even know what your own, you don't even know what your own Christ said. You don't even know your own Bible. 
It's not only about love. What are you, ridiculous? Why, why are you lying to me? Let's be honest. Let's use the system to subvert the system. Revolt! Louder with Crowder. Stay tuned. About to catch the news just in the nick of time with Nick Nolte. Some big news this week again. Donald Trump signed a pledge. Frankly, he gotta sign a pledge so he's not gonna go third party. A lot of people were concerned about him going third party because the country's in trouble. If you're gonna sign third party, you're a son of a bitch. You bastard can't go third party, you son of a That was news in the nick of time with Nick Nolte. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to So glad to be back this third hour, as always, producing in the wonderful video studio. Gay Jared, you can follow him at not gay Jared, and I am at S Crowder Louder with Crowder.com to get all the podcasts and extended versions that do not have to abide by the FCC rules. Um, got to, you know, we've had Carly Fiorina on the program. We've had a few presidential candidates asked to be in the program that we to whom we said no. Uh, but we're fortunate enough to get Donald Trump this week, and uh, he doesn't want to talk to me though. I've been more than a little bit critical of Donald Trump. So he did agree to come on to the program if he spoke with Jared. So um, we'll let Jared interview uh, the real Donald Trump here, the absolute 100% Donald Trump. Uh, Take it away, Jared. Donald, we are uh, happy to have you on on this program. Yes, thank you very much. Frankly, I'm glad to be here. That's just great. We're glad. We're glad to have you. We're I'm now- glad that you. You know, listen. Frankly, that Crowder guy, he's a loser. Okay. Oh, I- okay. What's he accomplished? Okay. Not much. Nobody I- listens to his program. He's out there. What? He's out there in Detroit. He's out there in Alaska. Okay. I'm worth fourteen trillion, Jared. That's that's what I've that's what I've heard. Um. So Donald. Uh. Gosh, you know, been in news a lot lately. Yes. Been in a lot news a lot, and uh, I gotta tell you. Sticks in my mind most recently of, of your news of your news things is not so much your your policies or the debates coming up again. Mm. You you kind of dig Kanye West. So, yes, frankly, true. listen, a lot of people asked me. They were asking me about Tom Brady, okay? And Kanye West. Kanye, he called me. Listen, he called me. He always praises me, he, Kanye. He, he called you. He called me. Listen, Kanye, if I would have called him, he'd take my calls. But he called me, Kanye West, okay? So I'm not going to say anything less than positive. About Kanye, okay, I would never do anything okay. that could be construed as negative, okay. because Kanye West has, uh, he told me Tom Brady's a good guy, and I believe him, because Tom Brady's, you know, listen, frankly, he's a likable guy, he's a likable guy, Tom Brady, and Kanye West is a very good, he's a very, been very good to me, so I'm not going to say anything bad about Kanye West. Uh, okay, um, you okay, know, if, if, if you, if you were to win the presidency, I'm just kind of curious, and, and Kanye, as he oh says, God, okay, he okay. wants to run in 2020 is that correct he wants to run in 2020 yeah i think kanye said he i think he said he wants to run in 2020 is what frankly what i you know listen i would have to call him i don't i know you want to do the gotcha question like a journalist here you want to 
you know, you want to try and catch Trump, you can't stop Trump, okay? Everybody knows that, okay? But frankly, yes, I would call Kanye and find out what he plans to run, and Kanye West would take my calls. He'd take my calls. Uh, okay. okay. It seems like a lot of people have your phone number and, and have you have you in their phone. They, they, a lot of people take your well, calls. Well, listen, not only when people do I call them, do they take my calls. If they have caller ID, you know what caller ID is, Jared? Okay. If you have caller ID, when I call in, it doesn't just come in as a phone number. It comes in as, as plated gold. <laughs> plated it gold. It comes in. I actually have. I've paid Apple a lot to do this, particularly, okay, if there's an iPhone. There's an iPhone. They there's actually it cost me a lot of money. I had to get on the phone with Tim Cook. He takes my calls, and frankly, they call me. Listen, they call me the technology, the app creating machine. I've created so many apps. That's what they. It's not that they, 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 call, call, they call you. They that. call me that. It's not something I will call myself. They call me the app creating machine. Okay. So that's what happens. When, that's why they take my calls. They take my calls right away. They're richer for having taken Trump's calls. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how much time we have, but I mean, just just to. If I were to give you the platform, Donald, of uh, you know whatever you might want to clarify, whatever you might want to—I mean, this is—you can clarify anything you want. Here. Okay. What what would what would you say to your fans out there? Yeah. Well, you know, listen. Frankly, there's been a lot of mistruths out there. People they say I was a Democrat for a long time. Yes. Okay. But the fact is, that's the only way you get things done. I've switched my party. Okay, five times since 1991. That's true. That's true, Jared. But truthfully, okay. Everybody does this, Jared. Everybody, if you want to get work done, okay, I've made billions. Not billions, I've made billions. I've, I've heard, and I've, I've heard had that. to work with the people in my state. That's what you do. Listen, it's 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 terrible that everyone's bought and sold, but nobody knows how to buy and sell them better than Trump. And so if you're going to complain about being, being bought and sold, you're a loser, okay? If you still believe that the system is not corrupt, you're a loser. Any successful American who makes his weight, you know, listen, if you're nothing, you can't hold a candle to be in real life, right? They call me, listen, I'm the money-making machine. They call me the money-making machine. Everybody who makes anybody in this country, they take my calls, okay? If you have it, you're not going to understand it, and you're a loser. That's what's most important. If you're not voting for me, you don't understand what I'm talking about. You don't understand why I'm resonating, truthfully, okay, frankly, you're probably a loser. Okay, I think we gathered gather billionaire loser okay i mean uh, if okay if, okay let's hurry this up but then you can ask me one more question i gotta go a parting words i mean if you could say anything to, to steven crowder who's obviously been a little bit critical a little bit a little bit critical yeah well listen who you, is steven crowder you know what has he done what has steven crowder done with his life that's so great huh okay no tell me listen i'm just saying you mean he talks he has his show he's his program you know listen sure. he hasn't, he's made the same kind of money have you know listen steven crowder okay one wife I've got three wives, okay, Jared? I've had three of them. I've had more women than he's ever had in his life than he'll ever have. He's married. He stays with the one wife, okay? I don't know. Listen, that's his choice. Everyone has their own choice to make, okay? I understand that. But frankly, you know, they call me the marrying machine. That's what they call me. I marry so many good-looking women. They, they call me the they call me the 10 knock. They call you that. They call me the 10 knock because I knock so many, you know, perfect tens. That's what they call me. I wouldn't call myself that. That's what they call me. That's the nickname they have for me. And frankly, any 10 in the country when it comes to women, the models, the Victoria's Secret, they take my calls. So Steven has one wife. I've had three wives. Okay. I okay. Crowder's had what? One business? One. He's had one. I've had many. Okay. I've filed chapter. I filed bankruptcy four times, four different businesses. Okay. Reality television. It's more important than radio. It's more important than some, uh, what, what, okay, a podcast. Okay. Sure. He's a loser. Sure. He's a loser. I got to get going. Listen, but I appreciate you. Listen, Jared, you're a good guy. I very much like you as a person. You are a nice guy. You're a good guy. 
So I would never say anything bad about you. I would never say anything less than positive, frankly, about you. I would never even try and say anything that could be maybe not positive. Truthfully, okay, I would take your calls. Well, I, I appreciate that. And uh, that was that was real Donald Trump. And uh, we would love to have you back on the program sometime. Okay. All right. I am glad to be back. I had to be sectioned off in another room. Yeah. I, I can tell you, trying to, you're, you're trying to beat down the door. No, he's not a fan of me. Um, did you feel like all your questions were answered? No, no. <laughs> not even a little bit. But, you know, it was a very positive interview. It was very positive. Was very you wouldn't positive. do anything less than positive. Not less than speaking with yeah. you. Certainly not maybe even something that could be construed negative. No. As uh, negative. But, but not positive. How was the grammar? The grammar, it, it was not well. <laughs> but it was less than bad. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, listen, you know what? We welcome all different points of view here on the program. So we, even though I don't agree with Donald Trump on everything, and of course, you know, I disagree with Hillary on, on uh, even more. You know, I'm at a point, and I want you to tweet me at S. Crowder. I really hope you're okay with me not being the big fan of Donald Trump and it doesn't make me a rhino because I could vote for nearly everyone here outside of probably Jeb, uh, maybe Christie, not. But I could I could vote for Rubio. I could vote for Cruz. I could vote for Rand. I could vote for Fiorina. I could probably vote for Carson. I worry about his experience. Um, I just, you know, I, I just, and I don't agree with them on uh, all of them on everything. There's not a single candidate with whom I agree on a lot. But Donald Trump is the one person when in my heart of hearts, truly, when I actually sit down and think about it, I don't know that a Donald Trump administration, I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. I don't know that a Donald Trump administration would prove significantly less problematic than a Hillary administration. You don't think so? I don't know. I mean, they're such close friends. The families, all of his solutions thus far have been higher taxes. Um, his temper has been so out of control. I don't know. I, I do see him as very unpredictable. When you think about kind of the things he said, kind of things, you know, the, the, the lack of consistency. Right. You don't really know what you're going to get. That's, I think that's something people should think about. I don't it, know. It is, it is worrisome. I mean, one thing I was, you know, I'm friends with the Santorum family, and I, I could vote for Rick Santorum in good conscience. And when it came down to Romney or Santorum, I preferred Santorum at that point. Um, one thing I will say about him that on a personal level, and you can't just vote someone for someone because you know them. That's what all these people in the media do. Who, who's the most fun at a cocktail party? He had this perfect temperament where he just didn't seem to get riled up about a lot at all. He had a very, very good temperament. And I thought, man, that's something that's important for a president. And until I'd been around with someone who was running for office, consistency, you know, consistently we were in Ohio when the, in Steubenville when that came in, um, and he lost. And I remember he was disappointed, but it, he didn't fly off the handle. I thought, you know, that's something I think a lot of people don't even think about. That matters. You don't want to vote for a cult of personality, but temperament when being a world leader, you know, it's one thing to be a fun guy to hang out with. It's one thing to be someone who's entertaining. But as a president, you do need someone to elevate behavior. You do. You, you do. You, you know, you don't just want necessarily a drinking buddy or someone who's going to be fun. You really do need someone who you believe is um, elevating the American populace as a representative as highly as he can. I'm not talking about pseudo-intellectualism. I'm not talking about being phony. But you want someone who's going to go in there and be better than 
standard. Um, and I, that's why I could never run for office. You know, certainly not president. I, I, I would want someone better than me. I would want someone who would be able to handle their emotions more effectively than me. Because for me, doing a program with you, it's okay. But as president, I think we need better. I think we need someone who's better than that. Um, that's just an opinion. You can tweet me at S. Crowder. We'll have Courtney Kirchhoff after the break. Clever girl. Hey, listener, what are you doing? You're listening to the show, but you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. Don't worry. I'm not trying to sell you anything, not any gold or self-lubricating pocket catheters, just news videos and exclusive stuff that you don't hear on terrestrial radio. Again, it's, it's all free. We're not asking you to spend any money. Just visit there, get your news, and get a couple of laughs. If you want to send me money, that's fine. What? I don't even know. How do you get in this room? Cold hard in? cash. This ad took a bad turn. Hey! Louderwithcrowder.com. Don't listen to Fundip. It doesn't cost a thing. Louderwithcrowder.com. So glad to be back and having in for the first time our new writer at louderwithcrowder.com. Brilliant. Far better writer than I. Courtney... Kirchhoff. She's the bomb. She's the bomb. She's in the line. Courtney, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Stephen. No, I appreciate it. We need a little bit of estrogen. Now, how do you pronounce your, when we say your last name, do you go like Kirchhoff or do you just say Kirchhoff? I say Kirchhoff, but Kirchhoff. people say it different ways. Okay. Now, is that, is it Russian or is it like Ukrainian? It's German. It means churchyard. Churchyard. So, yeah. Such a nice word that I didn't think mm -hmm. existed in the German language. I didn't think right. they had nice words. <laughs> They're always so angry. Angry words. Do you speak German, Courtney? I do not. Oh, okay. Well, I, I know Jawohl and Nein, Schnell. I had, uh, well, I know Ich liebe dich, which means I love you. And I had a German foreign exchange student when I was in high school. We were sitting there and um, one time she said, Ich liebe dich. And she said it to me like she had said it a few times. And she goes, do you know what uh, that means? Well, she was like, do you know what that, that means? I was like, yeah, I love you. She just ran away. So she, the jig was up and I don't even know that she loved me. I think she was just trying to be, uh, you know, trying to be cute about it. Um, not the most attractive woman. I'll be honest. You know, Germans can go either way. They can be tall, blonde and gorgeous. They can look like, um, pork grinds on a towel. So <laughs> that's Courtney, xenophobic. That's xenophobic. <laughs> it's German phobic. It's Aryan. I don't think you guys get to claim phobic anything with your whole, <laughs> you know, two world wars under your belt. Hey, um, I'm also British too. I've got all the wars in my genes. Yes. Well, you bombed yourself. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you were self-loathing. Um, it's funny, you know, my ex-girlfriend, her grandfather was German and I've talked about this. He wasn't like kind of German. He was like, you couldn't watch Saving Private Ryan in the house because it never happened, German. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember he taught you, like, we were sitting there and we, like, literally, he was like, oh, this all was overblown. And the London Blitzkrieg, it was like two bombs. It's like two bombs. Like, you would downplay it. Uh, <laughs> we can get back to that. But let's, okay, Kim Davis. So you were writing on the site. Now, a lot of people think that I'm wrong and I'm a jerk. What's your take on this, the Kentucky clerk who has to issue the same sex marriage licenses? Because maybe I'm just off my rocker. So the reason I think it's an attack on religious liberty is because how Democrats have been allowed to rewrite their own laws and ignore laws or flat out tell people, oh, we're not going to enforce this law um, like Obama. 
and not enforcing immigration law, or the Democrats in the sanctuary cities not enforcing those immigration laws. Okay. And nothing happens to them. Yeah. So this Democrat in Kentucky, she says, no, I'm not going to issue this, these marriage licenses, no marriage licenses, not just ones to gay couples. That is an important um, note. A couple of yeah. notes. Let me preface this for people who don't know. Um, she is a Democrat, firstly. So she saw the ride and she bought a ticket anyway when it comes to in- overly intrusive government. And she did try and be consistent and not issue any marriage licenses. I give her that. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. And she, when she was elected, that ruling for same-sex marriage had not come down. So she didn't really sign on for what she signed on for. Um, anyway, yeah. So she decides I'm not going to issue marriage licenses because the definition of marriage has changed and she disagrees with it. And then all of these laws come down on her and say, no, you can't do that. You have to issue marriage licenses. And now if you don't, we're going to put you in jail. Um, that that's kind of, that's a problem because now we're selectively deciding who will have the the power of the law come down on them and come down on, come down, come, sorry, come down on her hard. How dare you come on my program and not have your and, words straight. Oh my gosh. And then other, other people can be completely lawless. So this is, this is where we get into the, the tyranny territory. Learn the language, you German filth. And British. Don't make me go into a British accent. You kraut limey. So, Okay. Okay, I, man, I'm talking like Trump now in my everyday vernacular. You've been doing that all week. Frankly, it's, 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 frankly just... it's getting a little annoying. <laughs> <Frankly>. <laughs> Truthfully, you're a loser. You know what? It's like the Heath Ledger. I, I can't get out of the character. I understand where you're coming from, but don't people have a point who say, okay, listen, she does work for the government. She has to do the government's, she has to enforce government laws. If you just like a, a business has the right to fire you if you don't adhere to the business practices, it's not a private business. She works for the government. She should either do what the government says or quit. And that would be fair if there hadn't been so many precedents already set, including from the president, Lois Lerner, that it's okay to just pick and choose. I'm not going to follow this law. And they're not sent to jail. So we've, right. we're talking, there's been a precedent set. And they're applying the law unequally, and that's tyranny in this case. It is tyranny. Well, the law is tyranny, first off. Actually, Joe Rogan uh, was on Twitter, and I called him out because he posted something entirely false, a Ted Cruz quote. And he was really kind about it, and he actually walked it back and invited me on his program um, because everyone can get caught, you know, with these memes and stuff that go out that are just factually inaccurate. But he said, well, Ted Cruz said the law was tyranny. And I said, well, so, so did Ron Paul. You know, anyone who believes in states' rights believes that it's tyrannical, regardless of how you feel about, you know, two dudes hitching up and, and, and doing what they want in Kauai on a six-day vacation. So I understand where you're coming from here, but, um, yeah, you're right. And I go back and forth because the contract changed. You know what I mean? She didn't, when she signed on, when she was, came into office quite a while ago, this wasn't the law. So if she'd have come into the government, okay, would it be fair to say this? Right now, there are a few wrinkles. But if someone coming into office now as a clerk understands that this is the law, they are legally required to obey it as a government employee. Would we agree that, okay, if someone now is brought in as a clerk, they know it's the law, they can't come in and say, yes, I know it's the law, sign an oath, and then say, oh, by the way, I'm not going to obey that law. Isn't that at least reasonable to say if it happened today? Uh, I would say that's reasonable. I, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't run for office knowing that I'm not going to follow the duties of my office. Right. That's not what happened here. And, and she does have the first amendment to stand on in this case too. I'm sorry that my producer is so immature. Actually, I need, I need to interrupt here. We've got some requests, uh, Courtney, if if you can just finish out this interview with your British accent, I think our listeners, Oh my goodness. uh, Really? Um, at least one. We have one listener that'd be really great. We've got 30 seconds. Do I have to say it, it has to be about this or can I say anything? Say anything, but hurry up. you got 30 seconds. All right, stop. Don't rush me. Um, excuse me. Can you tell me how to get to platform nine and three quarters? Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. We're going to have some people on Twitter who are going to be pleased with that in ways that are inappropriate. Courtney, thank you so much. You can follow her on Twitter at True North, North with an E because she's far smarter than we are. Courtney, we'll have to have you back. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Stephen. I'm Ladder with Crowder. Stay tuned with other people who are smarter than me. That's everybody. And now it's time for your Dating Advice Minute with Bill Cosby. Now this week's letter comes to us from Russell in Tallahassee, Florida. It's fun to say, but it's not fun to live in Tallahassee because Russell says, I got a problem with my wife. Got a great life and great kids, and they always did good kids and a good wife. The problem with the wife is after she has some kids, she feels a little self-conscious about her body, and I don't care about her body, I still want to do the hippity-hop, horizontal, bop, bop, bop. Okay, Russell, it's a problem that many women, okay, they're going to have. They're going to feel self-conscious after they have the baby. So what she got to do is romance her so when she's putting the babies to bed, you're going to light some candles, you're going to offer her the coffee, and you go to slip the pill in the coffee before you know it. She don't care about the baby body because you're going This has been your Dating Advice Minute with Bill Cosby. So glad to be back here. Final half hour. Final stretch as always, Jared. And here, man, the problem with Courtney coming on, and my wife knows she's a good, but like she has kind of a sexy voice. Yeah, and that's all everyone was commenting on about on Twitter. They didn't hear a thing she said. They didn't hear a thing she said. She's like, she sounds really hot. You Crowder heads are terrible. We have the best fans. We also have the most wildly inappropriate fans, because you know half the people are going to go follow her on Twitter and ask for her number. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Courtney, we're sorry. Call in next time and just do the like. Uh, we'll, we'll mask her like the uh, like the Muslim woman. Uh, yeah, we'll mask her. I'm Courtney. Just you know what, Courtney should just take up smoking. <laughs> just just come on, go a voracious smoker the next week. Thanks weekend. for having me on Louder with Crowder.
I'm so proud to be here. <laughs> Would you like some more coffee with your eggs over my hammy? Look at my leg. Look at that ham hock. Look at the ham hock leg. You like it? You do. You'll like it. And just breathe like you're wheezing. If you want to sound unattractive, what you do is as you talk, you act as though you're out of breath from the most basic, like, like I'm going to go get your coffee. But first, oh, I got to sit down here at the, uh, I got to sit down here at the, uh, at the stool. <laughs> oh, thank God there was a booth. Thank God there was a booth. The wooden chair, they hurt my back. I need a booth. I need the padding because. Those Denny's waitresses. Oh my god! Now the worst, and what's the don't, worst part? Gosh, don't say they're the worst. You love we. We probably have some great Denny's waitress fans, but stereotypically, as a gross generalization, as a gross generalization, they are they are definitely the worst. They are definitively <laughs> the worst. Uh, oh, you know what? We actually can we do we have time to go for some breaking news? We oh, we have breaking news. news? Well, yeah, I think right we're now legally so. obligated. This is breaking news on Louder with Crowder. I'm Perry Mathis. This week, it was announced that Steven Crowder released a new series of videos with Trump Talks on YouTube. Four hours later, he was served with legal notification that he was being sued from one Donald Trump for being, I quote, a loser. We will keep you abreast as these developments come out. This has been breaking news with Perry That's really. I thought we would have. You would thought we got we got papers or something. That I would have thought we'd have a notice. I don't think I should have. We shouldn't have heard that first on the news did like you that. Throw, did you throw out the mail again? I, I did. I never really look at it. Gosh. All, right, All well, the bills are in auto pay. Listen, we gotta it. say it's you know it's not it's not pleasant. But this could be our last show. It's not unexpected. Let's no. be honest. We knew this was coming down the pike. Yes, because it's, it's Donald completely Trump. Foreseeable. You don't make fun of Donald Trump because you're a loser. And of course, all of his fans will tell you you deserve to be prosecuted for making fun of Donald Trump. Uh, that's true. It's not like the people will defend you because it's a free America and you have the right to make fun of him. I'm pretty sure there are only three people listening right now as a consequence of the videos anyway. So we're not losing much. <laughs> it's true. It's amazing. You know, I, you know, I would say on this show, we spend about 70% of the time criticizing the left and 30% of the time, you know, pointing out some inconsistencies in the right, uh, which is considered wildly balanced <laughs> anywhere else. You know, you got, uh, you got Fox News over here. You got MSNBC over here. And I'm more conservative than 90% of people at Fox News. But I also feel the need to try and be consistent because we have a lot of leftists who listen to the show. We have a lot of libertarians who listen to the show. You know, you have the guy like the, the gay comic who was uh, criticized by Norm. He's coming on the show. D.L. Hughley. You have Joe Rogan who reached out. You know, we wouldn't be able to reach a lot of these people if we just came on and just delivered the red meat rah-rah Republican mm -hmm. lines. So, well, listen, we ask you for a little bit of, uh, of leeway, even if you don't like what we say, even if you love Trump and you don't like that I'm not a huge fan of Trump. Hey, we can agree on 90% of everything else. If you're a Denny's waitress, um, we don't want your listenership, frankly. That's just, that's, we don't, we don't even want you trying to listen to it. No, no, no. Chances are you're at work anyway because you never close. Truth is, Jared had a negative experience with a Denny's waitress that we won't get into. Um, it's a story for some other day. Here's a story this week we were talking about. You know the Netherlands now? They're seeking to withdraw. Because it's important to, to note this. Leftists and people like Donald Trump have pointed out the Netherlands, Sweden, Germany as sort of bastions of universal health care, of where policies have worked, 
of look how they've made public schools work. You know, people talk about how they don't have the violence. They don't have the problems the United States has. A lot of them even talked. They didn't necessarily compare us to a lot of these countries uh, with immigration because, you know, they don't have the giant amount of people wanting to come into their countries. No one has that to the level of the United States. It's kind of like Cedar Point versus like, you know, that that really lame fair that happens down the street that no one wants to go to. Yeah. But you feel like you should. You've got the midget trying to get you to throw still elephant ears. Cantaloupe in a bucket. Yeah, the lines are completely different. Not the same lines. Yeah, I don't trust carnivals at all. No, no. When, when you could take down the ride longer than the ride takes to, to enjoy and ride, you could take that thing down, put it in a box faster. It's concerning. It takes me longer to build a bookcase from Ikea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it shouldn't be that way. And I'm not drunk when I'm doing it. <laughs> That's the problem with carnies. Matter of fact, my wife, I love... We love carnies. We love carnies. We, we, nothing against carnies. Nothing wrong with that. They're not as bad as Denny's waitresses. No, they, those are definitely worse. And again, I, I have a story. I have a story. And oh, I don't know. I can't, go, that, into I can't okay. go into it. All right, I won't. Go. I'm assuming things got weird and uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. I also hate the Chech, but we all know about that. We all the know Chech. about the Chech. Nobody likes them. It's also, not like, definitively the worst. It's not. It's no. Nobody really likes the Chech. Um, here's what's funny though about the Netherlands. So now they're seeking to withdraw government welfare from what they call asylum seekers. Um, we call them illegal immigrants. Because we're racist. So um, the Netherlands has gotten realistic about these asylum seekers and how long they can stay free of cost. Prime Minister Mark Rutte, I'm sure I'm saying that improperly, has defended the measure saying it was crazy to offer indefinite assistance to those who failed to qualify as refugees. We are talking about a group that can go back, whose governments would take them back, but they don't want to go back, he said. Uh, the Dutch have seen what's happened in Germany. In Britain, more than 60% of asylum applications are rejected. People don't have the right to file an appeal. So now the changes have been criticized by charities and by the UN itself, whose committee, they have a committee on the elimination of racial discrimination, says that the basic needs of migrants should be provided unconditionally. As long as they're in the Netherlands, they have to enjoy minimum standards of living, said Ian Dinaku, who helped write the UN report. So, of course, the UN is stepping in sucking. They always do. They don't do anything good. I don't know why we're a part of the UN. So stupid. As a perfect example of indoctrination in the public school system. Where, you know, you have like the miniature UN is something they do in public schools. I don't know. Did, did you have that? Well, you were homeschooled. So they have that, though, the miniature UN. It's like the, the, the UN way. replica. And it's some, it's like, so you just assume growing up as a kid, well, the UN's a good thing. Unless your parents have taught you, yeah, the UN is ridiculous. You know, it's an anti-Semitic organization. It basically should be called the We Hate America Council. You just assume, well, it's great. It helps everybody. Thayron talks about this on, you know, our home station Wham here uh, later in, in the day. He talks about trade deals that don't favor the U.S. Why? Why should we do any kind of a trade deal that doesn't favor the United States? Why should we have the U.N. telling us how we should handle business? We're the ones who created <laughs> modern civil rights. You know what I mean? Like, we wrote the book on it. And now it's just about being politically correct. So the Netherlands, they have a problem. Now, unlike here, we have Me Mexican immigrants. And here's what we've, you know, we've talked about Trump. We're not a big fan. But I do like the fact that he's brought up illegal aliens. He's talked about anchor babies. It's a real problem. And I think other candidates should tear a page from his book and get strong on immigration. It's actually popular. Most Americans have a problem with it. It's particularly black Americans as well. They really have a problem with illegal immigrants. Um, so across the board, everyone who's not an illegal immigrant, they're not fans of illegal immigrants, including legal Mexican immigrants. But in Europe, it's the Muslims. It's people coming from Muslim Arabic countries because those countries suck like Mexico sucks. They're terrible countries. 
uh, highest violent crime rate in the world, Mexico, in these Arabic countries, whether it's Saudi Arabia, whether it's Pakistan, a lot of these countries, you know, women have no rights. Uh, they don't have a high quality of living. They probably don't have the best Wi-Fi. You think you're bad with Comcast or with AT&T U-Burst over there? You get and all that happens is you hook up your computer and your house blows up. They bomb you. Change, you filthy animal. So not the best technology over there in Arabic countries. So it's happening. It's happened to Germany. We've talked about this. It's happened in the UK and it's happening in the Netherlands. Now you won't find a more liberal progressive place in the Netherlands. You know, you basically think of a place like the Netherlands where they're performing an abortion while legally smoking a joint uh, and, and not owning a gun. That's what you picture. So these people are very, very left wing. They're very far to the left. And they've had to say, hey, listen, listen, we just can't. You can come here, but we can't provide indefinite government assistance because at a certain point you can't have a country of leaners. Just like I was talking about with the church earlier. That's the mainstream church now. The mainstream church now is welcoming all the illegal immigrants. It's you don't have to improve. You don't have to. I find that funny. A pastor said, God loves you just the way you are. No. No, he doesn't. He loves you. He doesn't love you, meaning you're perfect just the way. He wants to improve you. That's why he calls you to him. He loves you, but not for everything that you are. He doesn't love the sin. That's this whole thing. And if you say, like, it's this thing with love nowadays, you know. Well, can't you just love me exactly, love me exactly the way I am? No, because in some respects, you're a horrible person. <laughs> like, I said that to my wife sometimes. She gets me, and I am too. I've never said to my wife, just love me exactly the way I am. Usually I go, listen, sweetheart, I'm a jerk, okay? Your punishment must be <laughs> Usually with my wife, I say, okay, I'm a jerk. I get it. It's not lost on me. And I'm sorry about this, but I need you to work with me on this. Otherwise, you never get anywhere. <gasps> just love me the way I am. Well, none of us have areas where we're, we have areas where we need to improve. None of us are entirely perfect. And that's the same thing with immigrants. Just accept them the way they are. No, you suck. You're coming over here. You, you don't have an education. You don't speak the language. You want to come over to the United States and watch Telemuno, lot learn English, stay off the books, not pay your taxes. A lot of them are committing crimes. And then vote. <laughs> and then vote. <laughs> Serenity now! Serenity now! It's unreal to me. People are like, everyone, should, you shouldn't have to have a driver's license to vote. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But if you've taken a Xanax, you shouldn't be able to get a gun. Do you have any idea how much more damage you can do with a vote than a 1941 Russian revolver? Do you have any idea? It's cataclysmic. A <laughs> pandemic. If you have felons and illegals voting. It's a huge problem. And they've noticed that in the Netherlands, a super liberal place. It's up at ladderwithcrowder.com right now. And they're saying, we just can't provide them with indefinite assistance. That's what they've said in the Netherlands. This is a progressive place. And the UN says they're racist. The UN says this is discriminatory. Ann Coulter talks about this. And I don't agree with her on a whole lot. But it's different. When we had people coming in, even immigrants, whether they were black, white, Irish, Jewish, Italian, German, they came in and they wanted to be Americans. Most of them were educated or they were hard workers. They had the idea. They came from a, at least often Western European cultures or cultures that respected free enterprise. They wanted to build businesses. There was much more commonality. They came in, they built, and they, yes, this country was built by a lot of immigrants. I'm not, my mom's a French-Canadian immigrant. Absolutely, okay? I was raised in Montreal. I get it. But you can't have 
a culture of leaners coming over. Let, let's be honest. If you look at people talk about this guy in Mexico, you know, the wealthiest people, if they're from Mexico, they're corrupt. They're, they're just corrupt. They just take from the people. You're not seeing huge developments in technology come from Mexico. You're not seeing these crazy medical advancements coming out of Saudi Arabia. You're not. And it's okay to say this culture produces better results. This doesn't. So if you're going to come in, you're going to do so legally, and you are now going to take part in the advanced program. You're now part of not 101, 20, you're, you're part of the advanced class here in the Netherlands or the United States, or you're not welcome. Am I racist? Tweet me at S. Crowder. I'll read them when I come back. Stephen Crowder, you can go to louderwithcrowder.com to get all the extended versions that uh, entirely violate FCC guidelines. And really glad to be here this week. So we got a few tweets about the immigration stuff. And I just talked about illegal immigration being a problem. And now the Trump fans are coming at me going, oh, at least now you're becoming less of a liberal. I've never been a liberal on immigration. I don't understand what these, who these people have been listening to. But if you look right now uh, on Twitter, as I say, this Rowan County is trending. It's from that Kim Davis, right? Who refused to issue marriage licenses. And the trending pictures are like two, right now I'm looking at two gay men embracing and weeping because justice has prevailed. What? This is an individual woman who didn't want to issue a license. Okay. <laughs> it's not, you, you already have the law. Right. And you had it before that. You had civil unions. You had, they're weeping. Oh, oh, oh. We can force her to marry us now. Oh, we can rent range legally. Oh, 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 God be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm redeemed. I can marry Clyde. Just stop with your whining. Like, that's the problem. Like, we're going to have gay patriot on next week. John Phillips, we've had plenty. Of, we're going to have that gay comic next week. Like, the problem is like sitting there weeping because one lady didn't want to issue you a marriage license in a county. Do you know how quickly you can go to another? Do you have any idea how easy it is? I love that every picture of her is like the really creepy looking mugshot next to the weeping. Yeah, next to the next deaths. to the weeping gay guys in their polos and her in like this mugshot, like like she's Mel Gibson on a tirade. <laughs> it's just it's still like just like Trayvon Martin. They always or Mike Brown. They always showed a photo that was about you know 
eight years old, right? Yeah. It was always just a little bit too Kindergarten old. Kindergarten graduation. Yeah. I'm just looking at this right now. Oh. oh, my gosh. It's just we've hit a point. The same thing with the, 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 the church, the immigration thing. And then conservatives have gone too far the other way in, in just completely shunning conservatives. You know, not, not most conservatives, I shouldn't say. About 30% of them right now, according to the polls, who just shun you if you don't support them lockstep with everything. Uh, their candidate, not even their policies or their principles, their candidate. And that's a problem, too. But, you know, you can't be so open that you're just open to crap. And I'll just say it. Okay? I don't want the country being flooded with crap. Now, am I saying that human beings are crap? No, all sentient beings are of value. But their culture is crap. It's not what we want in the United States. Okay? It's the United States. It's not Mexico. We don't want Mexican culture in the United States. It's a crappy culture. Are you saying yours is better? Yes. The Netherlands? I'm going to be honest. I don't know a whole lot about the Netherlands culture. Same thing like with Sweden. We've talked about Sweden immigration. I don't know a whole bunch about Sweden beyond Ikea and Let the Right One In. Great vampire movie. Scared the hell out of me. Good things that came out of Sweden. I also know most able-bodied men, or about half of them, choose not to work because of the welfare system and structure in there. So, of course, that's going to attract people from absolute crap holes, like Middle Eastern Muslim countries where freedom doesn't exist, where equal rights don't exist. I get it. I'm not insensitive to the plight of Mexicans who live in a horrendous country. I get it. Your country, Mexico, absolutely sucks. It's a terrible country. It's an awful country. And I've been there, okay? I was there at the Cancun Climate Summit. And while everyone and Ted Turner and they were sitting there in their nice little climate summit at their beautiful resorts, we went four miles out where people were living in huts with dirt floors and a roof that leaked. And they would put an old ironing board over a garbage can with a fire on it to light a can of beans so hopefully they could feed the family that day. That's the norm for Mexico. It's an absolute crap hole of a country, okay? And it has not been a contributing country to the world marketplace in a general way. It, they, ins they inspired Taco Bell. They inspired, yeah. There's nothing Mexican. pretty fantastic. There's nothing Mexican about Taco Bell. <laughs> Same with the Netherlands. They don't want these people coming in and taking from them. You know, wh okay, what if, okay, if you come in, you take your citizenship oath, you learn English, of course you get no government assistance. None. If you come in here. Is everyone on board with that? There are certain things that the right and the left should agree upon. Right? Welfare. Drug tests. Is that a start? Can we make that a start? Who's against that? How about this? Okay, you want welfare? Right. You come and you work. You come in, you pass your drug test, you work for the government, whatever it is, moving boxes, whatever it is. They have plenty of menial jobs with it likely filled by, uh, you know, like union workers in the private sector. You're down there at GM and they're screwing a bolt into a battery and they're charged, you know, they're worth $72 an hour. Those kind of jobs, right? You could just replace them with welfare workers. It's a skillless job. Sorry, you don't deserve to be paid that much to screw in a bolt into a battery. You don't. You're saying I'm not, not as good at, no, I'm not saying you're not as valuable as me as a human being. I'm saying you're not as valuable as me in the workforce. There's a guy who can design a whole new engine, Tesla. You're not Tesla. Okay. How about that? You want your welfare? Okay. You come in, you pass your drug test, you work for the government, you get your welfare, and we'll place you in a job. Can everyone be on board with that? Whether you're a Trump fan, whether you're a Rubio fan, whether you're a Cruz fan, whether you're a Hillary fan, drug tests for welfare, 
and they work as job placement as opposed to never ending. How about this? How about removing the incentives for women to not get married, which creates more welfare? You want your government assistance, but not if you have a working dad in the household. Ah, okay, let's get rid of that. Let's stop that. How about that? Just think, just simple things. Make sure people come here legally. If they're not, gone. You broke the law, you're gone. Boom. Why can we not all be on board with these things? We've gotten to a point in the country where politics has become such a game and religion has become such a game. Same thing. Oh, you come into the church. Oh, you don't want to tithe. You don't want to change your life. You want to you get all the benefits. You want the daycare. You want the single mom help household. You want us to come pick up your house, but you don't want to contribute to the church. Okay, listen, you're welcome to come. You don't get any of the programs the church offers. You need to contribute. Volunteer your time. Why is it considered discriminatory to ask any group of people, any group, to contribute to society. And a basic way is a job. If you work a job, you're contributing. Let's start, let's create more jobs. And if you refuse to get a job, get the hell out. You're out. Period. Can we not all agree? It just seems there are things that are so basic. I don't know. I don't know. I'll calm down. We'll talk next week. Thanks for listening. Louder with Crowder. <laughs>